Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, August 11, 2000. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is no agenda. Why don't you sing it? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to leave that in there. <laughs> we'll just start it over again. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, August 11, 2011. Time to get one nation media assassination episode 329er. This is no agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center in the home of aviation from Cheyenne's Run in the great state of Ohio. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And I notice it's 11 8 11 or 8 11 11 or something. It's all leading up to 11 11 11, ladies and gentlemen. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, that was one of the best openings we've ever done. <laughs> Wait, were you flubbing? Yeah. Well, how, oh, no, you were awesome. Sorry. Hey, in the morning, John. In the morning to you, Adam, and in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground all the world around. Hey, he made another rhyme. He's on a roll today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and we say a special in the morning to all of the uh, human resources who are just getting by in the chat room at noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. But they are charged up and ready to go. The way their government loves them, needs them, uh, and intends to suck them dry of all resources. So, uh, gee, from the, I just picked up today's New York Times from the front porch. <laughs> yeah. And looking at it, you wouldn't even know there was anything going on in the UK. Oh, really? They, they put the nothing in there? Well, they got a little story. It says, Shake in Britain debates riots. <laughs> I, I really... I'm always a little upset when we get these types of big stories from different parts of Gitmo Nation. Because just like the Oslo attacks, um, even our best human resources producers who listen to the show, they re- you can see the indoctrination, and but also the cultural um, nuances that have crept into them over the years. And I would say I received eight, nine, maybe ten emails of people saying, you know, this is just bull crap. Uh, these are kids, you know, they're chavs. Did you see that Sony warehouse going up in flames? <laughs> yeah. These are chavs. Oh, see here. Get the nothing to see here thing out. Uh, here we go. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, but th- if we had a red book when we started this show, when I was living in Gitmo Nation East in, in London... We would have pulled it out and said, here you go. I predicted it. I knew this was oh, going to happen. Actually, you predicted this a long time ago. And let me mention the funniest episode regarding this. And we'll talk about these riots, obviously, in and off or on and off. But um, so on Wednesday, to, get, to kind of placate the public, the New York Times has on its front page. And then I see the Wall Street Journal with a very similar photo on its front page on Wednesday. <coughs> A big picture of a bunch of people holding brooms, <laughs> and they're going to be the cleanup crew. Oh, right. that's yeah, gonna, the, the riot. Yeah, it was a hashtag on the tweeters. It's going to be a cleanup crew. They're going to sweep up the mess that they made because they're good little boys and girls. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's you know here. Here's my take on it, and a lot of people in the UK are going to be angry and disagree. Um. But I've, I've seen this happen, and I lived in the UK for five years. The family social structure is broke. Um, and I had a, a teenage daughter who, you know, who was in the milieu of these kids. 
and she went to private school, which is public school in the UK. And, you know, it was horrible. It was absolutely complete pandemonium, um, all caused by what everyone just um, uh, generally calls the chavs. And there is actually a a segment of um, uh, mobile home dwellers who I guess you could call chavs, but it's it's rampant. This is there is no future for these kids. There is there's no jobs. There's no social. I think it must be like seventy or eighty percent of all homes uh, are uh, divorced families. Uh, Some parents take or most parents actually take care of other kids. You know, they sleep at each other's houses for weeks, months on end because, ah, it's messed up at my place. Oh, you can sleep here. Um, and, and booze is cheap. You know, they, they got the, uh, the, the 50 pence beer these days. And this, this has just been a, a powder keg waiting to happen. Now, of course, when it happens, people's brains go to stupid. And, uh, you know, like, uh, hey, hey, man, I'm pissed off. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm pissed off. I don't know. Yeah, flat screen. Ah! I deserve a flat screen. And this is what the nanny state brings to you. When people expect to be taken care of, then the austerity measures come in. People don't get taken care of anymore the way they want to be taken care of. And then all you need is one little thing, and it's just a powder keg. But I was dismayed by the amount of people saying, nah, it's just a bunch of, just a bunch of dickheads, and you know, we should uh, bring the army in on them. I mean, good, smart people saying this. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's the kind of the common thing. And Cameron, I have a clip here, Cameron playing the douchebag role is a completely naive character regarding this. All you have to do, there's a lot of clips. In fact, we have one in the show notes, and there's others coming. Uh, of pe- when you actually talk to the people on the street, you find out they're uh, irritated at the government. They, they, that search and seizure law, some woman, apparently some old lady died when the cops busted in for no apparent reason, just to check to see if they had weapons or whatever. And there's been uh, a number of people killed by accident. They don't care. And they point out some incident. I guess a, a couple of dogs recently died in a cop car. Well, also- and they made a big deal out of it, a huge investigation. But meanwhile, they killed a couple of kids and nobody cares. But also, John, if, if, if you are continuously being searched, and this is not black people, this is not just hoodies, this is everybody. This happened near the Mevio office all the time. You come out of the tube, the subway, and you get searched. They got dogs sniffing everywhere. There's a camera on every single corner. You push a cat into a corner, the, the, the nicest, sweetest cat is going to extend its claws and come out and scratch you eventually. It's normal. It's human behavior. I just don't get why why you're getting, and I, I've gotten a few, but probably not as many as you, this response that, oh, it's just a bunch of hooligans. Because when they're burning down that, I mean, have you seen these f- movies of these blocks, entire blocks of buildings on fire? Yeah. I mean, this is a little more than a couple of punks uh, robbing somebody, you know, at gunpoint or knife point in, in the UK. But play the Cameron clip. 1,200 have been arrested. London remained relatively calm today, but violence and looting has spread to other cities. Prime Minister David Cameron authorized police to use plastic bullets and water cannons, though so far they haven't been deployed. Cameron also denounced the rioters and others, including those who carried out an assault and robbery on a foreign student captured on camera. We needed a fight back, and a fight back is underway. There are pockets of our society that are not just broken, but frankly sick. When we see children as young as 12 and 13 looting and laughing, 
when we see the disgusting sight of an injured young man with people pretending to help him <laughs> while they are robbing him, it is clear there are things that are badly wrong in our society. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> the guy's like, hey man, you okay? The other guys open up his backpack pulling stuff out. This is what happens. And oh, this- by the way, I want to mention something here because JC uh, Buzzkill Jr. has been doing a lot of research on this. Good. And apparently there is a there is an underground messaging system that keeps track of all the because you have to remember that this all began with those riots that there weren't riots but just peaceful protests that began months and months and months ago. They have been going yeah. on hundreds daily. of thousands of people on the street. They have all, been going yeah, on yeah. daily. Yeah. And they finally got fed up and they, there's been a, and they get kettled and so there's a new system that you use cell phones and you have a, a network and you, spot, you you map the cops. The Google Maps picks it up and it puts where all the cops are so you can, so you can pre, you know, unkettle yourself so you don't get cornered like the cops like to do in right. the, the UK. They kettle you. It's called kettling. And so that when these kids were robbing the other kid, apparently if one kid goes down for any reason, they let him slide, but they they rafe through his all his goods to get his cell phone because the cell phone's got the contact got names the of all the other right. kids and everything else. So that cell phone needs to be stolen immediately. Good point. And he threw. Uh, that's actually that's a good point because the, the guy threw away everything else. What I saw him walking away. He was after the cell, cell phone. phone. This is being misreported. Good. Nobody's getting any of this. They don't have any clue they don't ask anyone they don't have well anybody like buzzkill jr looking into it nope. but that's but the whole thing is that it's that we're being given nothing but bad information the only people coming close to the truth is democracy now oh really you have you have something from them no, I don't have any clips. I'll have some on oh. Sunday. But the fact of the matter is they're playing it as their normal was a world revolution. Well, you know, the communists will take over any minute kind of thing. But at least they're getting closer to the truth than this, oh, it's just hooligans. I have uh, I have two clips, two opposing sides. Now, the first one is from our friend uh, Nigel Farage. And, uh, and, and he, I was blown away by what he had to say. I was like, really? This is, uh, I think, from King World News. It's a, maybe streaming or a podcast, but they got him on the show, which I like better than any official statement because the guys are always a bit looser when it's like, oh, it's just a podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll talk to these guys. Listen to what uh, Nigel Farage has to say. Joining us now is Nigel Farage, co-president of the Europe of Freedom and Democracy Group and national leader of the United Kingdom's Independence Party. Nigel. London is on fire right now. Can you talk to listeners globally about what that's like for you being there in London? It's absolutely horrifying. I mean, in the past, we've had civil disorder. I mean, 30 years ago, there were a very major series of riots that took place in a place called Brixton in South London. And that was a political battle uh, that happened between the black community and the police at the time. What is so totally extraordinary and perhaps even more frightening about this is there is no real political motive. There is no real cause. This <laughs> is just mass criminality on a quite unimaginable scale. There aren't just one or two flashpoints. There are hundreds of flashpoints at which people are going out, smashing down doors, looting, setting fire to buildings. And you've literally this morning got millions of decent law-abiding Londoners who are very, very frightened indeed. Uh, and we have a government who are mostly on holiday although we're told some are going to be flying back today, who appear just not to have a clue what to do. Nigel, I saw this in Los Angeles when they had the riots there, and what was fascinating to me is that people who were not criminals became criminals for a day. Yes, it's this element of opportunism, isn't it? Um, I mean, there is, there is good and bad in all people, but I suppose the argument must be uh, that if you haven't got very much money and you see the opportunity to have a free television, 
and think that the, that the consequences of getting caught are very limited, then perhaps more people are tempted um, into being sort of temporary one-day criminals. I just feel that we've got to get a grip pretty quickly. And whilst it may sound a radical thing to do, uh, the police aren't big enough to cope. And, and I think what the British government needs to do is to call in the army pretty <laughs> damn quickly and let's put soldiers on the street. Let's give people a feeling uh, that yeah, they can't just run riot everywhere. Um, and, I mean, this guy, he's, he's showing the, 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 the class warfare in Britain. Oh, he's, yeah. He's saying that there's no political motive. Dude! They're, these kids have no future. The only future they have is to go into the military, and then they're shipped over to Afghanistan. And I've seen Christina's friends come home messed up. They're they're screwed up. So I think what we need to do because there's some, some something big is going on. We need a no-fly zone. Yeah, exactly. We, and we need I to think send Cameron NATO. should be out. Cameron <laughs> should be out in a matter of days, not weeks. Uh, Ahmadinejad. Uh, actually, let me play the, uh, hold on a second, here we go. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. So Ahmadinejad came out and said to the U.N. Security Council, Hey! Hey! You hypocrites! It's time for a no-fly zone! Say <laughs> so when it happens over in my in my neck of the woods, then it's like all messed up, and, and, and now it's happening in your backyard. Now it's just hooligans. No, this is a problem that I have identified by living in the middle of it with a teenage daughter. I saw this, and and these kids, it's frustration. Now there's one guy, and this uh, this is a poor recording, but I can jack the sound up. Uh, his name is Darkus Howe. And he's a writer, and uh, he's probably 65, between 65 and 70 years old. And uh, this is a, a little bit longer clip, but it's really fascinating to listen to, because he's being interviewed by the BBC, and he's essentially saying, D what do you expect? This is like all the search and seizures, uh, people getting thrown around, it's the police state, and the BBC is just not having any of it. Just no way. This oh yeah, a, this is a classic. It's a great clip. Great clip. No, not at all. I have been living in London for 50 years. There are so many different moods and moments. But what I was certain about, listening to my grandson and my son, is that something very, very serious was going to take place in this country. Our political leaders had no idea. The police had no idea. But if you looked at, at, at young blacks and young whites with a discerning eye and a careful hearing, they have been telling us, and we would not listen, that what is happening in this country to them. Mr. Well, Howe, if I can just, is, if I can just stop you, Mr. Howe, for a moment. You're not, you say you're not shocked. Does this mean that you condone what happened in your community last night? I condone, if I, of course not, what I'm going to condone it for, what I am not, what I'm concerned about more than anything else, there is a young man called Mark Duggan, he has parents, he has brothers, he has sisters, and few yards away from him, where he lives, a police officer blew his 
Well, Mr. Howe, we have to. Let me finish. Mr. Howe, we have to. We have to wait for the official inquiry before we can say things like that. We don't know what happened to Mr. Duggan. We are going to wait for the police report on it. If I can take you on a little bit, uh, you were talking about your grandson. You were talking about young people. You were talking about your grandson. You were talking about... They have been stopping and searching young blacks for no reason at all. I have a grandson, he's an angel. And he began to think he was coming of age when the police slapped him up against the wall and searched him. And he thought he had now had a gold star. I asked him the other day, apropos of a sense that something was going seriously wrong in this country. I said, how many times have the police searched you? He said, Papa, I can't count. There's so many times. Mr. Howe, that may well have happened, and if you say it did, I'm, I am not to gainsay you, but that is not an excuse to go out rioting and cause a sort of damage. This is what I don't get. How can you say, if you're being harassed by a police state, you're being searched, thrown against the wall for no reason at all, these stop and searches, you can't take pictures of anything, they have the community police, which are called, they call them brownies for slang, it's their slang language. Uh, these people walk around patrolling the area like, ay, 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 don't cross the road like that! Your car is impounded at every single second that you leave it somewhere too long. You get the, the, the boot clamp. You've got, uh, you've got uh, cameras in your trash bins. You have to pay for your television license. Come on! Of course you're gonna you're gonna go nuts. That we have been seeing at some point. You yeah. can't take it. Well, we've been expecting this. The two of us, and if anyone's listened to the show long enough, they know that we've been talking about this for a while, and we have been expecting it. Uh, you more than me. I mean, I was expecting it, but you was you were more anxious about it. And it's no surprise. And this isn't ending tomorrow. Oh, no. No, this is not it. Well, it may end in the media. It may end tomorrow, but it's not actually well, it's ended end. already in the media. Right. I, I mean, it was only, in fact, it was began, it began and continued for two or three days before the media picked it up. They ran with it for one day, accused it as hooliganism, and now it's already showing up below the fold in the New York Times as just a sure. minor story. Yeah, shaking. nothing going on. Yeah. Britain debates riots and fears they... Let's, set up let's play it again. Let's Don't play look it. Look over here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So meanwhile, and, uh, the funny thing is, is that um, you know, in the in, in the UK, most kids that I know. Uh, don't have smartphones. They have Blackberries, and Blackberry yes, has. Did bla- oh, by the way, this is all I wanted to bring up. The companies, companies like Rim and uh, Google's doing this, and other companies that are cooperating with the police. Instead, you know, like they're bringing down these Google Maps I mentioned yep. about, you know, how they, the anti-kettling uh, maps. Yeah. And the RIM is turning over all their data From files. The Blackberry the, Messenger, BBM. Right. And uh, this is not, I don't believe this is a good thing. To, I, I don't think they should, in other words, they're getting involved. And there's proof of that. Um, I guess the, I guess Parliament came together, uh, maybe it was last night even. And here's a, a short clip of Cameron talking about how we got to crack down on uh, the use of social networks for evil, and how and, and just listen, intelligence is in on it, the industry is in on it, i.e. Google, RIM, etc. 
and the government, of course. Mr. Speaker, everyone watching these horrific actions will be, stuck, will be struck by how they were organised via social media. Free flow of information can be used for good, but it can also be used for ill. So we are working with the police, the intelligence services and industry to look at whether it would be right to stop people communicating via these websites and services when we know they are plotting violence, disorder and criminality. There you go. Isn't that, like, isn't that what Mubarak did? Shut down the internet? Yeah, well, this is that's why I say we need to no fly zone. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Right. If this is just a bunch of unorganized hooligans, punks, and rioters, how come all of a sudden they're organized by social media? How can they both be organized and unorganized? Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously... Uh, this is the backfire we talked about in Israel. It's the same thing. It's like, and, and people will have, you know, I, I think it's funny that Ahmadinejad was the first one to say it to the UN Security Council. It's like, you can't call social media awesome and fantastic when people are angry at their government and say it's a spring, the Arab spring or the Israeli spring or the Greek spring or the European spring. But then when it happens in your own backyard, you can't say, oh, that's just social networks for ill, for ill. <laughs> Ill. It's the I Ill know it's so network. obvious that this is such a I mean this has got every no agenda element imaginable jam packed jam, it's jam packed it's almost like a joke yeah and uh, but uh, you know a, a lot of uh, quote unquote normal people in Gitmo Nation East who don't necessarily deal with this on a daily you know my my good friend Michelle Harper has a huge uh, bar strip bar complex in Guilford. Um, I, I don't know what the... It, he changes the name every th- every three months. I don't know what it's called now. But people who have been to Guilford know. And I and he's a sweetheart, by the way. Of course, he's a gangster, because, you know, all my friends are gangsters. But uh, he's like, I, I, I can't handle it. He says, you know, I, I can't handle what they're doing across the street. They're handing out pints of beer for 50 pence, so we can't compete on price. And these kids just come, so they go out across the street, they come in completely hammered, they're always fighting, knifing each other. You know, and then the cops come, and, 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 and they say he has to install uh, CCTVs in his establishment. It's just, it's crazy. It is truly Gitmo Nation. Now, the thing is, it'll never happen here. Or maybe not in our lifetime, because... Uh, because uh, we got uh, fluoride. The best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. And we got great, we, could, we got Zoloft and stuff like that. We so. have, well, it could happen in, in uh, Michigan. I'll tell you, man, it could happen in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> I say, oh, you're in Ohio now. Yeah, I'm in Ohio now, and we have had a great time, which I'm, I'm happy to bring you up to speed on. Um, but well, be- let's, let's mention some executive producers and then yeah. talk about where you are yeah, and good. what you're doing. Good, good, good. Okay, so we do have uh, one, two, three executive producers and uh, two members of the 333 Club. Actually, we'll make it three. Uh, double member, Benjamin Caudill from uh, Landham, Maryland, uh, donated 666.66. I, did, nice. I know this isn't the ideal number to donate, he says with a smile, <laughs> but it's uh, what I need to hit knighthood. I'll need that extra penny from you guys, though. It's a big it penny. It's a, it's, a, it's a shekel. It's, a pence. <laughs> Can I get a karma shot for my cousin Scott? It was just in a bad motorcycle accident last night. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. 
He also needs to re-douche Mark, Rob, and Richard. <laughs> Douchebag. Wait, let's uh, hit him with a double then in that case. Douchebag. <laughs> Those guys. Why don't they donate? Yeah. David Lee in Williamsburg, Virginia, 33333. Little gas money to Mickey and uh, Adam just to get by. Yeah. Tell Adam to stop eating his plane. Dwayne, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I'm down to the rubber on the landing gear. Thanks thanks for the warning. A little late. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Melanson. Hey, Sir Melanson. Nice to have him back. Yeah. Tigard, Oregon. In the morning, guys. Sir Dwayne here getting in a little early on the 333 Club. So it sounds like a thing... Uh, that things have been slow lately, as they have been. Of course, it's uh, August dog days. By the way, I often listen to your shows on a delay, and I expect others do too. Maybe there is no direct correlation between what happened on the previous show and the donations you get. For me, there isn't, at least. Eric's No Agenda Nation site is rocking. Uh, by the way, uh, keep it up. Uh <laughs> Peter Snakes. Sir, Sir Pate. Sir Peter Snakes. Sir Peter Snakes, yeah. In uh, the Netherlands, uh, is our associate executive producer at 222. I have his note uh, here. I have his note. Hit it. <clears throat> okay. Hey, John and Adam, no agenda reminds me of the old history programs on TV that showed us the connections between events in a cause and effect kind of way without talking down to us, as opposed to what the lamestream media does these days. You guys... Let us stretch our brains around what's happening in the world. You are mental gym teachers. No no bull crap, just the facts. I'd like some mental karma to go with my donation. donation. It's all support for the awesome job, awesome job you do. Finally, it's also my birthday, the 11th of August, uh, day of the show. I become the last prime number before my 40th, so of course we'll hand out some karma for you, Sir Pate. My pleasure. You've got karma. And we, will, we have them on the, on the birthday list as well, obviously. And is that it? And that will wrap up our executive producers for today's show. Okay, I have a couple of uh, Hot Pockets producers uh, who I would like to uh, thank who go along in our executive producer list. We have Sir Sean Conley, who I saw at the Chicagoland meetup. Now, we, we've changed it now. We're doing the meetups after the show, which is just a lot better for, uh, for, pl- for sanity, uh, essentially. Um, and then our hosts here in Ohio... Brian and Susie Morris uh, gave us $250, plus, I, I might add, their house, their car, uh, electricity, installed a 20-amp t- circuit just for the, uh, the Duchess. We've got a hardwired connection, uh, and I do want to mention, uh, now, they, I, I have to tell you about them in a second, because um, they, they are almost living completely off the grid, not the, ele- the electrical grid, but they're getting close. And uh, you might want to check out Susie Morris's uh, blog, shiotsrun.com, C-H-I-O-T-S-R-U-N. Uh, if you want to get into some awesome uh, uh, gardening and growing yourself and sustaining yourself. And uh, they have an interesting video business, secondmileproductions.com, 2ndmileproduction.com. And uh, we thank them for their donation. And uh, what, it, what kind of a connection do you have? Because it sounds better than you've sounded for weeks. We've got the Time Warner Business Class. Ooh. Yeah, so it can still crap out, but uh, it has uh, guaranteed 2 megabits up, 16 megabits down. So, yeah, mm. it, it sounds good. Uh, and we have a couple more Hot Pockets producers to thank um, as we uh, as we get into our donation segment later on. But a few PR mentions, as people are always listening to the show, thinking if they can uh, come up with some cool domain names to forward to the noagendashow.com website. Sir Craig Jones is now forwarding digitaljihadist.com. <laughs> 
I love, our show is just, you know, if you need inspiration for a domain name, just listen to this show, such as momwithbenefits.com. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty bad. And uh, one more, somethingcalledreverb.com. I'm telling you, one day these will be very useful. Thanks, Nate. Really uh, appreciate that. It's uh, very yes, funny. We'll so we So we want to thank our... Uh, executive producers Brian and Susie Morris, uh, Benjamin Caudill, uh, David Lee, uh, Sir Duane Melanson, and our associate executive producer uh, uh, Sir, Sir Peter Snakes from uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. These are real credits, and some of uh, you have actually built up quite a number of them. You can put them on your letterhead, on your business cards. Uh, you can put it on your IMDb if you have an entry there. Unlike the phonies in Hollywood, if you need verification of your credit, we will absolutely vouch for you. Everybody else out there, please go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So the 2008 tour continues all across Gitmo Nation. Uh, last time, John, you and I spoke, we were in uh, Inverness, Illinois, and we were hosted there uh, by Chuck and Dana, their two uh, lovely boys, and uh, did the show. And then after the show, we had a meetup. We had 50 people at the meetup, John. Cool. Yeah, it was outrageous. And again, some cool jobs people holding down. We had an air marshal there. A um, couple of military guys. Actually, uh, I do want to talk about some of the things I've learned. But the air marshal had something interesting to say. He said, uh, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, I saw Barack Obama in coach twice when he was senator. What? Yep. He says he saw him there twice. What? Yeah. Well, president? No, senator. Oh, well, yeah, was well, senator. That, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that's weird, but it could happen. Well, I'd asked. I said, if anyone has ever seen Barack Obama in coach, let us know. No, he let you know. Yeah. Um, I, I did find something else uh, interesting that I didn't know. Because, you know, it's like, you know, I'm in Illinois, right? And this is the this is Gitmo Nation Central. This is HQ, run by Rahm Emanuel now. I was like, you know, so how did, what did Barack Obama do for you guys when, uh, you know, when he was... Uh, senator and most people didn't even know that he was the senator and do you know how he what happened that uh, that made him win the uh, senatorial race in uh illinois yeah i there was a long article about it in the new yorker i think it had most of the details what so he was running against the incumbent jack ryan and Jack Ryan, if you Google him, he's uh, oh, right. He's you know he's a he's a cute guy. You know he has the he has the whole look. Everything's perfect. And uh, he was ahead in all the polls. This is two thousand four, of course. And uh, Jack Ryan at the time was married to Jerry Ryan, who plays Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager. Right. Now, this is where it gets creepy because we mentioned the the similarity between Obama and Tuvok. Yeah, this would have, that is funny now that you mentioned that part. Yeah, this is all outlined in this article. Go on. So, um, they're getting close. Um, during Ryan's primary run, the Chicago Tribune and WLS radio, I guess radio, maybe TV, um, wanted, the, wanted the records released of their divorce. 
1999. And it turns out that this guy was taking her to sex clubs and saying, hey, sit here and blow me and let everybody watch. <laughs> and that ruined his entire his entire yeah. race. It's like, oh wow, how does that work, huh? How I mean, do we call that a coincidence? I think not. Like, wow, I I didn't know that. That's how Obama actually won. Yeah, I I recall all that. Yeah, that was it was discussed in great detail. And also, many people. Uh, and there's more than just the blowjobs, by the way. You know, there's a lot of costuming and. Well, all I, well I have the no, I have the uh, the actual document, and it says a sex act. It doesn't say what it was. Yeah, so, what else would be? So, yeah. I don't know. But um, a couple of people have uh, been working out uh, in health clubs in Chicago for you know, all their life, essentially. And uh, one place where uh, the president also also used to go and work out. His name was Barry. Everyone called him Barry until he became senator. Then all of a sudden it was Barack. Yeah, no, it was always Barry. How come we don't call him Barry Obama? Well, because he doesn't want to be called Barry. Mm. Okay. Because he, people like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, know you, you tell me. I, yeah, you know, right. My theories, it's thinks it's, it has more of an ethnic sound and it sounds more distinctive. And it's marketing. It's, it's all much better. Yeah, it's all marketing because I mean Barry just not Barry. Yeah, right. So anyway, so the meetup was uh, without a doubt fantastic. I think we spent four or five hours. People came in from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, some people drove several hours uh, to be at the meetup. It was a lot of fun. It really was. We had uh, several um, financial people there who, uh, of course, sysadmins who run. Uh, big brokerage houses. <laughs> I got some insider stock tips. Uh, just all kinds of... It was funny. One of them told me... I, I can't mention who it is. He said... and this, So this was Sunday. He said, you know, all of the traders themselves are using their own money and they're buying S&P futures, which I thought was interesting. Yep, it's like a drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that was uh, it, it. Was it was great? Great to meet everybody. I got uh, I got like a, a one guy showed up with your book, John. Did you see the pictures? I I, I only I was looking at the pictures because I was looking for some pictures to put in the in the newsletter that I just sent out. Yeah, and of course, then I noticed in for Facebook. You yeah. can't clip these pictures. No, no, out. you have to actually do a screen grab. I know you can't yeah, save them. Flash animations. How it's not even a photo. Is that? I hate. I hate it's Facebook. Idiot. Why does people put up with this? Well, they, they, but anyway, by the way, and so they, I kind of like just it was an eye roller. I just thought the greatest picture. And I've tried to use it, but I didn't have time to organize the screen capture. Was you and Mickey as the two characters in the in the uh, <laughs> Grant Wood uh, painting? That's the American Gothic. American Gothic. Yeah, that was taken. Now that was not Chicago. That was taken here in Ohio. Uh, that Missy took. It was her idea. She said, "I because they had to leave. They were, they were going on vacation. They were supposed to leave on Sunday. They stayed an extra day um, uh, so that they could you know be here with us." And uh, let me tell you about these guys. They're, they're fantastic. So they they live here near a lake. It's um, it's, it's I don't know. It's like uh, an hour outside of Canton or Akron. Akron, Ohio, and it's a completely wooded area. They eat all their own food. So Susie made us a great uh, spaghetti with everything from her own garden. She makes her own pasta. She makes her own sourdough bread. Uh, she trades stuff with uh, farmers for you know real bacon. 
and she uses lard to cook with, and it's just, it's been outrageously awesome. The the food is just, and she cans and pickles stuff, and, <laughs> and, um, Brian, did you see the, uh, the Lost night- Art. Yeah, Brian makes stuff with his hands. Did you see that trailer that, uh, that we hitched up to the Duchess? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the, one, the one that you can now... <laughs> it's the, yeah, I can get in that thing. I'd have to crawl in it's so actually, for the baby or it's something. It's actually... Uh, it's six foot in length. It's more than six feet, so you could sleep in it quite comfortably. But he made this from plans from a 1947 kit trailer. Yeah, that is an old design. I've seen it before. In fact, I may actually have one of the old magazines where they, they used to sell the plans of that thing. Yeah, you can it's just very funny. Yeah, you can just Google it. But he made the whole thing with from aluminium, um, just from the plans. He did buy. I think he, he bought the chassis. I think an original chassis. Um, so you know these these people are just you know very inspiring and felt we felt quite inadequate Lost just being Americans. around them. Just being around them now. Of course, uh, he has CCW, as everyone does here, uh, carry concealed weapon. And he says, look, you know, we, we got to go. And uh, says, but you're going to hook up with our good friends. Uh, what are you holding up here? Point to what am I supposed to look at? Yeah, yeah. Um, don't worry. I, I, have, I have to mention that even though they're gone, uh, they will have house sitters coming tomorrow. When we leave. So don't try to break in. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Nobody even knows where you are. <laughs> it's, you know, you can, somebody knows, trust me. Um, anyway, you're going to hook you up with the guys our, in the black Escalade that exactly, have been following you all the exactly, time. Exactly. Those guys. Yeah, they don't care. So you're going to hook up with our good friends, Sean and uh, Missy. And, sh- and so th- they have kind of like a sustainable community vibe with a bunch of friends. So, uh, Susie would be in charge of food, and Sean uh, is in charge of the arsenal. He's the weapons expert I, I told you about. So he rolls up around four. He's like, hey, you want to go shooting? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you go shooting? Didn't you see the pictures? No, I only saw a few of them. I told you I was working on the letter, and I saw about five pictures, and oh. I went on and did some oh. other things. There's nothing hotter than Mickey with an assault rifle. It looked really good. And uh, so he had a couple of Glocks, you know, uh, uh, a beaut- his wife's gun. He brought he, he, he borrowed his dad's gun. It's like the whole family had chipped in a gun. Yeah, let him shoot this. And I think we spent a couple shoot hours. anything as- interesting? Um, no, we, we, we did just regular target practice. It's, a, it's, a sh- it's an outdoor shooting range, which essentially this area, when, um, when guys came back from World War II... They kind of need a place to go hang out and do stuff. And now there's probably 10, 15 in this general area. Just open, you know, it's fields. But yeah, it's, that's not unusual. Right. And uh, they shoot, They do a lot of skeet shooting. But there was no one there. You know, he unlocked the gate himself. And we rolled in. So we just did some target shooting with um, uh, with the handguns. And then we had, uh, we're probably like 100, 150 yards out. We had water bottles and some skeets on sticks and stuff. And uh, use the assault rifle. And it was kind of funny how, uh, I, I guess Sean was a little nervous in the beginning there. I outshot him. And then he was like, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, we're done, thanks. He says, hold on a second. He, he sat down. He's like, let's had to show that he so, could do so it. So how would Mickey take right to it? She, uh, she's a natural. Yeah. A natural. Absolutely. And uh, she was charged up that night. Yeah, women like to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, so uh, who needs Viagra when you've got 
Guns. Guns. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, so we will have our meetup uh, after the show today, 6 o'clock. Uh, you can find that, uh, unfortunately, at the Facebook page, but I'll tweet out a link as well uh, so you can find out uh, where it is, and we're expecting a number of people. And then tomorrow we head off to Pennsylvania. So we are rocking it towards the East Coast. We do Pennsylvania, then we we'll go to Boston, then we're going to do a New York slash New Jersey meetup, and then we're back down to uh, to D.C. and Virginia. Sounds good. It's been great. And sometimes we actually say, you know, we could do this. Yeah, I think you could. I, I, I'm <laughs> totally convinced that you're just a natural for this sort of lifestyle. <laughs> and you just need to get a little bigger rig. Yeah, that's what I need. And uh, <laughs> a bigger rig. You're good to go. Yeah. I'll do it only if you sit in that little kit trailer and 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 I, <laughs> I can just imagine someone's got a Photoshop. Hey, let me out. You someone's can't got, drive with a trailer. You can't be in a trailer while you're driving. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to be uh, photoshopping that picture. Have little little John face there. Uh, and so we skipped over it, but uh, one of the human resources brought one of your books that was published uh, about the I don't know programming the. The IBM Windows personal computing platform, and had and he actually had the original five inch floppy disk oh, in the back. Five and a quarter inch floppies. Yeah, what was what book was that? It was a, it was a big. It was like Atlas Shrugged. So big. there's a bunch of big books. I did a lot of big books, or I did probably about fourteen of these things. Oh, really? It said on it with a, it had like stickers on it that said "Instant Bestseller." <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Somebody got the stickers on sale. It was funny. No, it was embedded, man. It was embedded into the cover. So he he wants uh, James to make it a free hollow book. I don't know if you can cut through that thing. Ooh, that's a yeah. <laughs> cut through the disc. Too many pages. I'm like John will be angry. Don't do that. You're cutting out the best part. My words. No, my work is old. That material is no good. <laughs> no, it's not. But the he says the floppy. He he stuck it in an old IBM and it booted right up. Oh it yeah, still we works. Were, yeah, and no problem. Anyway, so uh, it has been great. Uh, we have not killed each other uh, yet, which is not, which is good news. Uh, if anything, our love is stronger. Did you? Uh, I, I wanted to play you a funny clip. Well, before you play a funny click, I, click clip, I want to bring something up. I was berated, or somebody brought up the point of this. So I, I did a little research about this bullcrap Spanish gringo story. Oh yeah, well let me. I guess I have to tell my part first. Then it was me who told you that. I yeah, was at, so, I was so this to, to relay the entire story okay. to the public. I was at the Nashville meetup, and one of our human resources, clearly uh, Mexican, says, "Please tell John the following: Gringo is not uh, like some horrible word. It comes from uh, when the United States invaded Mexico. They wore green uniforms, and the Mexicans would say, Green go home.'" Gringo home, and that got later got shortened to Gringo. What a crock! I don't know why. I believe her. She, she looked incredible. 
Because when you find me one piece of evidence that the, that the U.S. Army ever wore a green uniform until 1902 when they wore olive drab. Before then, beginning in 1821, Congress ordered national blue with gray wool pantaloons. That was the Army uniform. When did we invade Mexico? What year yeah, in was 1840, it? 1840, So there you go, 1840, and they were wearing green uniforms. That's where no, it stems from. No, national blue. Hello, do you know what national blue, what the color might be? They were blue. Oh, you, I thought in you said... In 1902, they, they had a olive drab, which even that wasn't green. It's kind of an ugly-looking brown. I think we need to... the book of knowledge. I'm, I don't and know. if you look into it, gringo seems to be the word... It seems to be an old slang word for Greek used in Spain in the 1700s, and it referred to anybody who didn't speak <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> hey, man, don't shoot the messenger. Especially not that I'm armed now. Apparently, this green, green go story has floated around, but it's total bullcrap. All right. Don't get angry at me. I'm just relaying the message. I'm just saying. Hey, why don't you come out here on the road and listen to all this negative negativity about our show? <laughs> you know, no one, see, because everyone, everyone's like. They come up and say, you know, about your show is the second hour that bugs me. No, what they say is, John said, this John, then John, this John. Like, John's not here to defend himself. Uh, and why do I have to take all this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll kiss your baby. Not a problem. <sighs> Gringo. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, whatever. So, um, Al Sharpton has, has a show. Oh, yeah. Is this the Al Sharpton clip that I've been wanting to get? I don't know. Is this, this is the, uh, what, what is he on? MSNBC or CNN? Yeah, they, they, you know, it's MSNBC. They're going to be, he's replacing old. Men, basically. Oh, right. Okay. And they they kind of bounce him around for now. I don't think he actually has. Does he have a technically have a an actual show yet? They're they're setting him up for one. I don't know. Well, if, and this guy's mush mouth. He's got no broadcasting experience. He gets good guests and sometimes asks good questions, but he's not a pro. Well, I have an example of his, of him not being a pro. We sometimes just need to break through the veil and show people that this guy has no message he's reading the script and quite poorly at that tonight is the measure of whether the country begins in the state of wisconsin a national drive to push back or whether we have more to go to build a movement of resistance but resist we much we must and we will much <laughs> about that be committed <laughs> what? What? That we much? Isn't that awesome? I'll play it again. That's so funny. About that, be committed. Wait a minute. I got to. Me I got to. I got to roll it back to the beginning. He's such. He, he can't read the prompter. Here we go. Tonight is the measure of whether the. See, this is how he talks. Is the measure of whether or not the United States begins in Wisconsin and you're like he's so powerful but he's reading the teleprompter country begins in the state of Wisconsin a national drive to push back or whether we have more to go to build a movement of resistance but resist we much 
we must and we will much about that be committed. <laughs> Resist, Johnny. <laughs> Resist. We much. We much. You will obey. You will obey. Resist. We much. Gee, nice save, Al. Resist. We much. <laughs> so, just letting you know, the guy's a phony. Yeah, and he's illiterate. Let's face it, phony. Freaking phony. He's always been a phony. He's part of that, you know, those those cliques. They set themselves up so they can just basically set up a charity and then extort money from corporations that yeah, they say they're going to... People were telling me that about um, uh, Jesse Jackson, who was oh, from, yeah, Jesse from Chicago. Notorious. But he's from Chicago. I didn't realize he was from Chicago. What? Yes. Jesse yeah, Jackson from Chicago. I thought everybody knew. I didn't know that. I always felt like a New York guy. I don't know. Oh yeah, no. He's from the, he's from that that ex- Kenwood or whatever that little area is, is re- Kenilworth or whatever it is. That real expensive part of town. There's not a huge estate, right? And what happens is, you know, something something goes down. He shows up, makes a big fuss about it, and then they pay him off to get him to make him stop and say it's okay. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a bunch of reports coming out about how Acorn does this, and what they do is they do these garbage dump runs, and they say, "Look, we're gonna we're sick of your bank screwing us. We're gonna dump garbage all over the place and in front of your offices." And they said, "No, no, we're gonna donate to you guys." Oh, okay, never mind. We'll go. Yeah, off. We're, we're gone. All right, that's good. We need to. I do don't this. know why this isn't racketeering. I don't know why we aren't doing it. Well, because we're normal. I mean, we're nice. <laughs> we're we're honest. I think that's why. Some, uh, a callback from the last show um, where uh, uh, Gifford showed up on the House floor for the uh, uh, for the debt ceiling debate. And uh, th- what happened immediately is the... Nothing to see here. Yeah, the Republican, the representatives... Uh, <laughs> Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And the representatives uh, immediately started thanking the pages. I mean, like that's weird. Yeah, this I found that. Yeah, I, I was with you on this until. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, it turns out that they the uh, they fired them all. Yeah, the now this is uh, only Congress, not the Senate. The Senate page this system is still in place, but the uh, the con- the congressional pages uh, have all been fired. The program has been stopped, and this has been going on for a hundred years. Yeah, the page program has been over a hundred years, and they fired them all. And I don't have, still haven't found a reasonable explanation as to what's uh, really I, going on. I, I have, have I have one. All right, this is from uh, thehill.com. The program came under national scrutiny in the fall of two thousand six, when it was revealed that then Representative Mark Foley sent sexually explicit messages to at least one former page. Foley resigned a few weeks few weeks later as the scandal shook Capitol Hill. I'm thinking this is pedo bear. And he, but this is this sort of thing has been going on since I was a kid. Why is Mark Foley's one? Well, maybe there was something. Maybe there was something else going on. Maybe it was rampant. Well, maybe I'm sure it was, it was, but it's always been rampant. Yeah. Well, but you know, now it's coming out. Now we have interwebs. No, it's not coming out. We're not getting anything. This is bullcrap. There's something else above and beyond the we'll pedo see. bear. Yeah, we'll see. Perverts in Congress. It's we'll something see. else going. We'll see. I, I think that they, they, there's somebody knows something or somebody's there's something screwy about it. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Say something. Uh, one other uh, callback. 
I have received, after we played the No Excuses University clips, oh man, I have received so many emails from educators who are saying, you have no idea, you're so spot on, there is so much outrageous uh, MKUltra-like mind control brain programming going on, it's horrible. And, 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 And these are like grade school teachers who, and by the way, thank you so much for listening. There is hope out there. But it apparently is just, it's rampant. It's nuts. I saw you had some research. Do you want to, I'm kind of, uh, well, actually, this I, there's research I want to, I'll bring up in the second half of the show because it involves Area 51. Hey, and MK Ultra, I hope. Well, there, <laughs> not really, but I mean, I, I can mention it. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, take a quick, uh, quick trip around uh, Gitmo Nation. There's a couple of things. Uh, Susan Rice came out, and uh, they're heating things up around Syria, which I think actually may be a red herring. Uh, let's listen to her words at the United Nations. And by the way, these videos are very interesting to watch. You can find them at state.gov, and uh, but also at un.int. If you can get through the website, which is, you know, I don't know who built that, but that's got to be an $18 million website. And it's very hard to find things. Uh, and they're very selective at what they put up I video I think if wise. you use the Google search site uh, command, I think you can probably find no, it. Google can't even figure out the UN site. It's, it's impossible. But uh, state.gov has uh, some of these videos. And so, and so they have this setup right outside the, uh, the United Nations, uh, you know, like the council room or whatever it is. And she always comes out like, boom, 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 boom. she's like, she walks like 100 miles a minute, like, bum, 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 she's And she, her hair pulled back. It must hurt her eyebrows how tight her hair is pulled back. I don't know, man. She's a, she's a very scary woman. Well, the United States acts both in the context of the Security Council and in our uh, bilateral and, and other uh, <laughs> regional relationships. So we are working across the board uh, to underscore that the behavior of, of Assad is absolutely unacceptable. You know, he has uh, lost any legitimacy to lead, and we think it is past, uh, that, that, that it would be much, much better. Uh, for the people of Syria, uh, and Syria would be better off uh, without Assad. And we're looking to the future and, and looking to lend support to the people of Syria who have the same aspirations for freedom and democracy that we've seen in so Britain, many other parts of the uh, world. You know, so I think you should start the clip over, and everybody should listen when she says Assad, think Cameron, and when she says Syria, think UK. Well, I'll just pay, play the last minute. You can still do it. Continue uh, our discussions and our efforts here in New York as well as elsewhere. I am not, uh, I'm, I'm loath to predict. Um, what does that mean? I am loath to predict. Because she, she smiled. doesn't want to predict. She doesn't want to make a prediction. She would make but, her sick to predict. The loathe means sick? Yeah, I lo- yeah, yeah, like I loathe you. That means I, I, you make me sick. Because she smiled when she said it. It was very weird. Well, she's she like, like one of those people that does the inappropriate smiles. Yeah, this, 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 yeah. I, yeah you're right. Very annoying. Smile. Yeah, you're right. How exactly the council uh, may respond in the future? I think, you know, I think council members have been uh, moved 
by what they have seen of late and, and the intensive moved and horrific violence in uh, against civilians in uh, we, but we've also been frustrated quite candidly that it has taken the council as long as it has how candid are you if you're saying this to the world press uh, to be able to speak with one voice and <laughs> we think that it's past time for all council members to to put the interests of the Syrian people uh, rather than uh, particular bilateral issues or interests uh, at the forefront of their action and for the council to continue as it did last week uh, with our strong support uh, to, to, to deliver a very strong message that what is happening in Syria is unacceptable and it, and it needs to be stopped. So I, I have an analysis based upon some input I got from some military personnel who showed up at the Chicagoland meetup. Before that, though, I, I went around, I was doing some research trying to find some more stuff about Syria. Of course, we have China and Russia both uh, on the Security Council uh, who do not want to uh, uh, invade, essentially, or create some kind of uh, no-fly zone. Uh, Russia, of course, because they have a a naval base there, and they're going to be parking an aircraft carrier there in 2012, I read the other day. Um, PBS NewsHour had a 15-minute piece, and they were talking to... Uh, Syrian um, techno experts who all live in Turkey, by the way, and they are, so of course they're trained by the State Department, and, and they're talking like they're in the middle of it, but they, they're in Turkey. And if you look, one of these guys looks exactly like that Google guy, Gonad Wallam, whatever his name was. So it's like, it's like they choose them not just on their social media skills, but on external appearance as well. But he said something that I thought was kind of interesting, um, because, of course, evil Assad is turning off the electricity. When you have no electricity, you can't charge your cell phone. So how would you do that, John, if you were out there and you're in Syria, in Hama, and you've got uh, Assad killing you? What would you? How would you charge your cell phone, man? Well, I mean... Uh I would uh, sneak downtown where there is power and plug in, or I would uh, find somebody with a laptop with some juice left, or I would get a solar panel if I could, but I don't think that's a little too late for that. Those things suck. I've tried those. I would use my car. Check this out. With um, uh, batteries, because our batteries are running out, and no electric to recharge your equipment. So for phone calls, we create a new uh, way. It's actually a simple way to uh, recharge your phone. We used to a glass of water with two batteries, Duracell, or something else. It's already exists everywhere. We use it to keep the batteries in the water for one hour or 30 minutes. Then you put the uh, USB uh, adapters inside the water and start charging. How about that, huh? That's bull crap. So it he- sounds like he's saying buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> you put your buttocks in the water? Now, what is he saying? I don't, you know, I can barely understand this guy. Sounds like he's saying buttocks constantly. What is he saying? He say- dropped a battery in a bottle of water, and the next thing you know, it's charged? No, what is he, he saying? What he says is, you take a glass of water, you drop two Duracell batteries in there for about half an hour to an hour, and then you plug in a USB cable into your phone and put the USB that normally goes into your computer into the glass of water. This is bogus. There's no <laughs> way this works. This is what I was like, really? I mean, so if, if this guy is saying this, then he's full of bull crap on everything else.
Yeah, I would think. Can someone try this experiment? Maybe it works. To try this. Why bother trying it? It's bullcrap. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. Like, really? You can do that? He's just So he throws two batteries. Take two batteries and call me in the morning. He throws two batteries in a glass of water. Wait, wait, wait th- th- stir. Wait 30 minutes. Then just drop your uh, USB cable in and it'll start charging. Nice. Unbelievable, and and and, and the guy on, on PBS like, oh, that's great, great idea. <laughs> the guy on PBS is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, doesn't that kind of show you what else is going on on PBS? Please, wow, yeah, that's the clip of the day already. Already, ah, wow, I don't, I that don't is know. the clip of the day. I mean, you can't beat that. That's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. And you got a guy from PBS lapping it up like a moron, <laughs> like a, like a puppy. <gasps> really? Oh, that's all. That's so. That's so ingenious. You're so inventive, so smart, so good. And then there's a lot of. Uh, this reminds me of the joke. The guys, maybe the guy's just playing a joke. I mean, it's like the, the like the shave with butter gag. What, the what? Well, if you want to get the smoothest shave you'll ever get, and I, I, I'll tell you this, it will actually work. Instead of using shave foam, use butter. Put okay. some butter, just rub butter on your face, and then use your <laughs> regular shaver and shave, and you'll see it's, it, you, you get a beautiful, clean shave. It's amazing. Should I use butter or lard? No, you should use butter. Really? And this is a gag, obviously? Well, it's, it's not really. I mean, it does work, but the, the, there's a gag aspect to it. But you have to actually do it to, what, to understand. Uh, you, why don't you just tell me what happens? No. It's probably bad. <laughs> there's no gag if I tell you what happens. <laughs> can can uh, the ladies try this as well? Oh, for, yeah. For their own personal shaving? Sure, they can do it on their legs. <laughs> use butter. <laughs> hey, from the Squirrel. department... Uh, we got to throw it back to Oslo. The Norwegian police, uh, who of course didn't show up at the uh, at the scene of the horrible crime of all these children getting massacred. Do you know what their excuse is? Nah, forget it. You don't know. Here it is. Norwegian police have admitted they failed to choose the shortest route to the island of Utøya <laughs> after the alarm was raised. Of- God. Hey. Which uh, oh, in Norway? How many routes are there? We got Google Maps. Uh. The last month's massacre. The force has come under much criticism for taking more than an hour to reach the victims of Anna's Bering Breivik, who killed 69 people in a shooting spree. They could have flown there, I think, in like seven minutes. And they and they have helicopter teams trained. They didn't take the shortest route. You just see a couple of these Norwegian cops, like the Keystone cops. Oh, this way, no, that way. What does Google Maps say? I don't know. It does sound like the Keystone cops took the wrong route. Uh, that's that's pretty insulting, I'd say. So I have a couple of clips that we might as well discuss this for a minute. You know, the economy, I don't know if you noticed this, but I think we're at the verge of a depression, right? Well, yeah, we even identified that because uh, owling and planking is very similar to pole right, sitting. To pole which, sitting, right? So let's play a couple of uh, a couple of uh, depressing uh, or depression uh, a couple of clips that I want to get out of the way. 
One is the depression coming CNBC clip. We might as well play that so we can get a little feeling for this. Okay. You, you know what the result is going to be. You're going to have a very painful um, landing. That is what is going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to resolve yourself to take the pain and hope that 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, things will be better again. So it's a, it's a double dip? I don't know what double dip means. Um, if we are talking about another recession coming up, certainly. Whether that, that, is, that, is, that is recession um, followed by recession in the next business cycle, five and a half years apart. The, the danger is that this recession turns into something bigger, um, something from which there is no recovery, in other words, depression. Roger, thank you so much uh, for being in. Don't like the message, but uh, it's been a pleasure having you here for the last hour. Roger Nightingale, strategist at RDN Associates. And Mark, thanks. <laughs> this is okay, uh, so we the, got that's, that. that's the, the British CNBC. That's CNBCW. Yeah, yeah. So that is uh, part, you know, part one of the doom. Yay. Now, the other one, which I thought was a little more entertaining and for, as far as I'm concerned, which is the end of the, this is another end of the Euro Doommeister guy who's an American, and I think this is, is worth listening to. Okay. And I think, you know, eventually you're going to see the D-mark as uh, going to be a reserve currency, and you're going to get rid of the rest of the, of the EU, but that's going to take a so while. The euro, the euro is going to fail. You're saying that? I'm saying that the combination in Euroland of a multinational currency is doomed to fail because they're too big a cultural, financial, and in, attitudes. In what thing. time frame, Stephen? We're talking. Oh, months, I started. Years? I, I predicted this five years ago, <laughs> and I said it'll be a while. And I'll say now that I think after you kick out a couple of weak sisters, it, it could struggle on for another three, four years. <laughs> oh. Hey, it's time to plan. And the been, Hot Pockets European tour. We're on this one too, by the way, for anybody interested. Now, so, now the Standard and Poor's things happen. There's a bunch of doomsayers out there. All the stuff's going on. Now, now, if we cut away from some of these stations and go to CNN, they're going to bring out the most interesting, just total facts that are good, that's so important. This is the Stop the Press's WTF clip. They're going to bring out, we're going to learn something very important. Get ready for this. Ladies and gentlemen, we now go over to CNN for some very important news. You will learn something. Downgrade. I spoke Friday night to S&P's top man behind the downgrade. He took care of... Wait a minute. It's Anderson Pooper. Yes, and he's he's got this guy isolated, the guy who's behind the downgrade. We're going to find out everything we need to know to fully understand the downgrade here on CNN. I love getting my news from Anderson Pooper. I mentioned both taxes and entitlement spending and a no patience for finger pointing. Watch. Watch. Already on Twitter, other places, Republicans and Democrats are pointing the fingers at each other, at President Obama, at Congress. Do you blame one side more than the other? No, I think that there's uh, plenty of... This is CNN Breaking News. What? We want to welcome our viewers in the United States and, of course, all around the world to this breaking news. Diana Nyad, the 61-year-old marathon swimmer, has ended her attempt to swim from Cuba to Key West, Florida. Now, this ended her quest some 29 hours into her effort. CNN's Matt Sloan joins us on the line near Havana with the deep... Wait, wait, do I have to listen to this whole thing? Well, you can skip oh, it and get to cut... Uh, no, I you can, this goes on forever, by the way. You can cut to the chase with Stop the Presses 2, where they kind of explain some very important facts because we had to drop the guy. We had that's to stop, explain to stop the, Anderson Pooper. It, you know, and, so this was a pre recorded bit. Anderson is at home in his penthouse in New York. You know, he's got his shaven chest, he's all oiled up, and he's like, I'm going to watch myself. 
Oh my goodness, what are they doing? They gotta keep me modest. To recover, she uh, seems to be very sick to her stomach and they're trying to warm up her body uh, after spending uh, nearly 30 hours uh, in, in the water, Rosemary. And we have heard <laughs> she has been vomiting, but there are also complications of <laughs> asthma. She's uh, experiencing pain Stop to her the shoulder presses. as well. That's a lot of problems for a 61-year-old who had such a, an ambitious goal there to swim from Cuba uh, to the United States. Well, wait, wait, does the guy ever come back? No. <laughs> Keeping them they honest. Stop the presses for this stupid story about this woman who's going to cure an old woman who's a big fat woman, by the way, trying to swim. Well, she has to be so cold. She's, so she's trying to swim. And they stopped the presses for this, for this report. We could have heard it two weeks from now. Who cares? She's throwing up. She's throwing up, ladies and gentlemen. This is new and she news. Has a short, wait, she's throwing up and she has a sore shoulder. Oh, wow. I just, it just was like I'm, my jaw dropped. I'm waiting to hear why we changed the, the S&P and all the rest. That <laughs> is, that's this funny. On me. That's funny. That's CNN, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that's no, your right. news source. That's right. I'm going to throw a shoe out of it. <laughs> nice. I did see uh, Ron Paul on, uh, I think it was also CNN. Of course, I've been uh, enjoying the price of gold, uh, which is well above 1700 once again. After, John, I think two weeks ago you said it's time to start selling. Yeah, I think now you should really start dumping. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the guy, uh, I forget his name, he asked Ron Paul, hey, do you think this will go to 2000 3000 And, of course, uh, I would be like, yeah, sure, it's going to go to 20000 Do you think that the, it can go to... Two, $3,000? Oh, yeah, because it could go to zero if we continue to do what we're doing. Uh, because the, the bubble that I'm concerned about, I don't think gold is what you would call a bubble. I think the, the bubble is in the price of bonds. I mean, how could anybody have this much trust in the bonds and buy a 30-year bond and earn the interest rates they're making? That, that's where the big bubble is. But I think what's happening today and why I see this as such a serious thing is that I think what we're dealing with is the end of the dollar reserve standard, and that's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just for the United States. Just think how many dollars we've exported, how many people hold dollars. And if this dollar is in big trouble, which is what I think is the problem, I mean, this is just not a minor problem. This is probably a bigger problem than the world has ever faced before. Never has been a fiat currency been used as a reserve standard as so pervasively around the world. And there's not many other places to go, uh, even though they're still, you know, going to treasury bills, but eventually they're going to give up. I mean, just look at what's happening to the Swiss franc. There aren't enough Swiss francs for everybody to buy Swiss francs. So there's not much left other than commodities, you know, and real value. So uh, yeah. actually, uh, I think that's what's going to happen, but it's going to reflect the devaluation of the dollar. I was really impressed in 1971 when the dollar relationship to gold went up $3 an ounce, and I was really impressed and motivated me to get very much involved in politics. I think in 1971, when gold went up $3, you told everyone to sell then too, didn't you, John? That was before my time. Yeah. I heard you and uh, Horowitz talking about it. 
Hey, you, you you really think that this is just all a big scam? And once the public has it, then they're, they're going to dump it. Once the public gonna, is all in, yeah, yeah, then they pull the rug out from it. That's no. what they do. I think you're I right. Mean, I think you, you're like wrong. I said, the joke was: here's the joke. I'm a gold, big gold dealer, and I like gold so much that I want you to buy my gold. So I'm advertising on the radio: buy, buy, buy my gold, buy my gold. It's going to go up. Buy it. Why? If it's going to go up, why are you selling it? Well, a lot of people bought this at thirty five dollars. That was a while back. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I'm I'm saying hold on to it, hold on to it until it hits four. Well, if you're going to just keep holding on to it, what's the point? You just got a bunch of gold and you're dead. You no. got to sell it someday. I'm No, I'm going to keep it until we... That's until the only th- you die. And no. then what's the point? You won't have any money to spend. Will you let me finish? I'm going to hold on to it until that is the only monetary unit that is still used. <laughs> That'll be the day. Yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, you're Iran. supposed to save this bull crap to the end of the second half of the show. At least wait, I'm and, wait until you hear what I have for the second half of the show. It's oh, really? much, oh, yeah. Oh, it's much better than that. Oh, it gets good. I now, if, if this is the Atlas Shrug clip, there's any indication, <laughs> I doubt it. Um, for the uh, lawmakers and uh, politicians who uh, listen to this program religiously, and I know you're out there. All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Woo-hoo. Next time you come out and say, we're behind China, China is so, they're ahead of us, China, China, China. They got high-speed rail, China's all good. How's that working out for China? Let's have a listen. What they're going to do is they're going to suspend the approval of new railway projects. What we're going to see on construction projects under un, already underway is safety checks, <laughs> and we're going to see safety checks on the existing lines. And the authorities have also announced, uh, they've also said that bullet trains will now operate at reduced speeds. This is all coming about because of that deadly train crash about three weeks ago in which at least 40 people were killed, an accident that called in to question the safety of the country's high-speed rail network. There was huge public anger following that crash. It was symptomatic of other grievances. Uh, We saw it vented uh, online, but we also saw it, very interestingly, we saw it uh, in the state media. And one of the main accusations was that the authorities were jeopardising safety in the rush to modernise. There was also accusations of corruption. So certainly a great deal of public anger and a, a great deal of public anger towards the authorities uh, because of corruption, because of safety, because some people in China feel that the authorities have got their own interests first. Yeah. So next time someone's talking about this high-speed rail we need and saying that China is so great, what did I hear there? Corruption, they're rushing too fast to make it all happen, they've got to reduce the speeds. It's just not a good idea, people. Well, this is all, this is not just with the high speed rail over there. I mean, you know, right now, uh, China is the center of all. China. China is the center of all cool architectural development. I mean, there's great buildings going up left and right, all done by international architects. And all these guys say this is, you know, the, all these architects love to have some place to showcase their buildings because a lot of people won't build these buildings. The Chinese will build anything. But they're a little concerned by the fact that if you actually go up to the building, that, you know, it's not built quite up to standards and it could collapse. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, but it's like, you know, it's put together you with those inside, you're taking a risk. Yeah, those China bolts. Well, I was reading in the uh, Idaho Statesman 
that uh, a China company wants to build a 50-square-mile self-sustaining city just south of Boise, which would be modeled after one of these special economic zones, I guess with these same buildings uh, that they have in China. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, China. So I have a, a couple of off-the-wall clips. You know how Bill Maher is a real drum pounder for climate change? Oh, yeah. He's huge. Uh, yeah, no, he's always been big. Big, huge. Big. Uh, it, it was just weird. I mean, the way he... I know he's trying to be kind of elusive here. He was talking to the woman who was the head of the Economic Council, that, that large-framed gal. Christy Romer. Yeah, about the economy, and it wasn't really developing anything. But Mark says the following screwy thing that, that, that just backed me up a little bit. Tell me if you can spot it. That comprehensive package that also deals with our long-run problems. And, and that would have been a very sensible thing to do. But we don't do sensible things. This is America. Ah, it's and also, it, it seems, you know, things that used to be just settled... You know, like, I used to think evolution was settled by the Scopes trial in the 20s. <laughs> I used to think climate change, you know, we agreed that that was really happening in man-made. That's now perhaps a hoax. And the other one is Keynesian yeah. economics. I remember Nixon in 1970 said, we're all Keynesians. This is actually a fractal, John. Let me tell you what the fractal is. Bill Maher had a show on in, uh, I think it was Channel 5 in New York, so what was it? Maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't. It was at CBS. He had a late night talk show. ABC. ABC. There you go. And uh, it was pretty popular in the late 90s. Called Politically Incorrect. Politically Incorrect. And then 9-11 happened, and he came out and he said, you know, uh, you can't, the president can't call these guys cowards because they weren't cowards. They flew airplanes into buildings. That is not a cowardice act. And the sponsors pulled out. He was run out of the country. Run out of the country. Oh, wait, wait. You've got to add the extra, the extra kicker to that. He also said that we're the cowards because we sit, sit offshore and send in missiles. Uh, that's true. So what's happening, Bill Maher, of course, we've been irked and irritated by his program on HBO since it went on the air because he's so on board with everything. And now he's turning around. It's turning around. And what? And you listen to the audience. Where's the hooting and hollering? The audience is going to turn on this guy. They will turn. It's a fractal. Yes, this audience is he's a... He's going to get uh, kicked off the air. He's going to get kicked off the air, you watch. Because he's not on board with the program. So, meanwhile, Al Gore is pissed. <laughs> yeah, we both have that clip. You want me to play uh, your... Let me see how long yours is, if it's the same I got way. the whole clip. Okay, I think I have the whole clip, too. But the audio was so outrageously crap. This isn't too bad. Okay. We'll listen to yours, and then I have a different Al Gore clip. They pay pseudoscientists to pretend to be scientists. The science is in! This climate thing, it's nonsense. Man-made CO2 doesn't trap heat. It's not. It may be volcanoes. Bullshit! It may be sunspots. Bullshit! It's not getting warmer. Bullshit. <clears throat> and there's about 10 other memes that are out there. And when you go and talk to any audience about climate, you hear them washing back uh, at you. The same crap. 
over and over and over again. They have polluted the share. There's no longer a shared reality <laughs> on, 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 on an issue like climate, even though the, the very existence of our civilization is threatened. People have no idea. Oh, what an old lady. Wait, let's hit this for The science is in. Science, science, science. So where was this recorded? That's the one thing I didn't understand the context of it. I think it was given a speech somewhere. The funny thing was it was bleeped on everything I've ever heard, except that, you know, some people have the original copy, but it was, you know, no, no, uh, you know, cable, the BBC, everybody who played any pieces of it, they just played a chunk, they didn't play the whole thing, and they kept beeping it. And it was just like... You know, this this whole beeping thing and, and saying R word, N word, A word, C word, it's very weird. It's pathetic. You know, when uh, Mickey lived in, in Los Angeles nine years ago for about uh, two years, and this was around the time of the O.J. Simpson trial, and she showed up from, uh, from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and she's a little Dutch girl, and um, she, she thought the N-word meant Nicole. <laughs> she didn't know what it was all about. Anyway, Gore was on uh, Olbermann's program. Some other douche knuckle was sitting in. And, uh... Wait a minute. Oberman just started his new show, and he's already got a substitute host? Yeah, it's vacation. Jeez. Yeah. I want to focus on one uh, particular suggestion you had about using the, the wonderful digital tools that are newly available tools. for the reinvigoration of democracy. Now, uh, they've been around for a while, but they're spreading far and wide, and more people are getting involved. We need to have an American spring. You yeah. Know, the, Arab Spring, the nonviolent part of it, uh, isn't <laughs> like finished yet. Like in the UK. Yet. Yeah, this is great. He's a terrorist. He's calling out terrorist He's a activities. Terrorist. Did somebody arrest the man. Terrorist. He's a terrorist. Uh, but we need to have an American Spring, a kind of an American Tahrir Square, nonviolent change where people yeah. from the grassroots get involved again. Not the, you know, not in the Tea Party style. That. You know, there are people who are genuinely uh, upset in the Tea Party. I understand that. But that movement was funded with seed money from uh, right-wing billionaires. That now, this is patently not true. The actual Tea Party movement started with the Tea Party money bomb from Ron Paul. It was then co-opted and hijacked. Yeah, now there's like, and not only that, but there's a half a dozen tea parties that are not yeah. really connected to each other, except in in some basic thesis. Koch brothers and promoted Coke on brothers, Fox News and turned into a stalking horse for this right wing agenda that a lot of people have been trying to to push on this country for a long time. Mm -hmm. the, there's what's sacrosanct for them. Uh, is to have absolutely no tax increases on the wealthiest Americans. They're at a low level now. Uh, and to try to shrink down government so they can get it out of the way of powerful corporations and special interests so that they can have free reign. And the Supreme Court, of course, has, has now uh, declared that they're persons and can make these secret contributions. I want to tell you, Keith, uh, this country Keith. is in trouble. <laughs> Our democracy... The funny thing is, it's not Keith. That's what's so cool. Is he sitting there or is he on the, the TV? No, he's on the TV. Uh, so he could said Keith? Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> has been withering on the vine. It really has been. This has been a, a going on for some time. But this is this is not an event 
that can be taken lightly. Yeah. So uh, we need an American spring. Why is Gore back on the radar? What is he doing? He's, oh, mean, they let him out of the penalty box after all that groping and all the other yeah. perverted yeah. sex acts that he yeah. was trying to do Pedo with women. Bear. Pedo bear. Pedo bear. So now, what? Uh, so he's. I guess he's out of the. You know, they gave him enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, uh, you know, okay, we're sick, we want you to lay low for about a year. About a year, right? Yeah, no less, less than a year. Hmm. I think it's less. Well, maybe. Well, maybe it. Did. Maybe it's a. I don't know. 30, so some, Thirty-three weeks. So what is the? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe his climate. Uh, well, he's got climate. a lot of attention with that bullshit, bullshit, bullshit thing. Yeah. Yeah, which, which he wanted. Obviously planted. Which he, it was obviously, planted. Obviously. <clears throat> Bullshit. Yeah. And uh, now you have him showing up on Olbermann. So something's up. He's either got a new movie coming out or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or oh, we got we to some... talk about movies after the break. However, I, there's a clip that I wanted to play, which really brought it all together for me. And this is uh, of Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose, who, of course, uh, gets all sexed up by his female guests. Tell me yeah. about the sexuality. Hey. It's in your DNA. Hey, your DNA yeah, is sexuality. Yeah, I'm Charlie Rose. I'm sitting in a dark room with you. And he has George Will on. And George Will, is uh, is he just a journalist or is he also an author? He's a, he's a notorious columnist, very conservative, always uh, presented a uh, what appears to be a reasonable conservative counter-argument to any liberal bias that uh, some of these shows have. He, he's dropped in as the, as the, as the conservative stooge uh, on these shows where there's, a, where there's a conversation going on. And his main competition is uh, the, the other guy that's, uh, whose name eludes me at the moment, the guy in the wheel. Chair. Oh, uh, Krauthammer. Krauthammer is his, his main competition. Okay. So the uh, so it's an anti-constitutionalist thing, and of course we've spoken about this. And George Will actually just like opened my eyes when he said, "This is what it's all about." So it starts off. They're talking about the American exceptionalism. Remember, we picked up on that meme: the exceptionalism of America. We're so exceptional, exceptionalism. And uh, Obama actually played that down. Uh, a while back, uh, I think probably the start of his presidency, by saying, well, you know, I'm sure the Brits think they're exceptional and the Germans think they're yeah, exceptional. Yeah, he didn't understand the, the, the meme. Right. But the exceptionalism of, of America means something very specific. And what you're about to hear is uh, Charlie Rose, not once, but actually twice, goes in and starts saying, hey, you know, but how this uh, Constitution, it was written a long time ago, and, you know, wh- what do we know? It's like, it's a thing. Yeah, by the way, I'm very disconcerted, uh, disconcerted by the fact that Rose and other uh, left-wing supposed uh, moderate uh, talking heads are all on the same anti-constitution. Let's get rid of it. Let's have a new constitutional convention. Let's start from scratch. You know, this doesn't, there's no good. Let's do what Iceland's doing. Um, this bothers me. Now, before I launch into that, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to get this for you um, for Sunday show. Thank you very much. And a groupie in the chat room, uh, there is a, reality show coming out called climate reality which is gore's new show so good call john Ah! good call you got it he's promoting the show anyway so this whole thing about the founders they didn't have internets they didn't have clutch cars they didn't have any of that stuff you know this whole constitution doesn't really apply to modern life 
Turns out, you know who the first guy was to say this? The first guy to say that this this Constitution thing doesn't apply, that it was written a long time ago? Can you guess who that was? Very famous guy. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Close. It was actually Madison. Oh, Madison was a notorious anti-constitutionalist. A yeah, hundred years ago is when this yeah. started. Okay, so listen to this, and George Will breaks it down first in this two-minute clip and says this is actually what the whole debate is about, about big government, small government, and American exceptionalism. America it has a long intellectual pedigree, tracing all the way back to de Tocqueville. Right. De Tocqueville said Americans are different because they were born free. Because they were born free, they have no feudal past, they have no entrenched aristocracy, they have no established religion. We had an exceptional revolution that did not try to create a government that would deliver happiness, but we created a government that would get out of the way of the individual pursuit of happiness by respecting pre-existing rights, that is, rights that existed before the government. We have an exceptional constitution in that it does not say what the government must do for us, it says what the government may not do to us. That is the core of American exceptionalism. American exceptionalism today uh, is also seen through the prism of whether those values will serve us today in a 21st century world that's very different. That is the argument. That's exactly the argument, is whether or not the founders are out of date. Now, Woodrow Wilson said as much. Woodrow Wilson, a century ago, became, well, almost in 2012, became the first American president to criticize the American founding. And he did so root and branch. It was not around the edges. What he did he said, say? He said the American Constitution was fine for a time when we had four million people, 80% of them living within 20 miles of Atlantic tidewater. But now we are united by copper wires and steel rails. We're a national economy. And frankly, it's out of date. And what he focused on particularly was the separation of powers. He said it inhibits the government from being able to act nimbly, decisively, boldly, constantly. That was the progressive agenda, was to try and overturn the Madisonian restraints. Charlie, when, when the founders went to Philadelphia in the summer of 1787, they didn't go to create an efficient government. The idea would have horrified them. Well, they wanted a safe government, to which ends. They created a government full of blocking mechanisms. Three branches of government, two branches of the legislative branch, veto, veto, override, supermajorities, and yet, I can think of nothing that the American people have wanted intensely and protractedly that they did not get. The system works. But is the system today broken? Not at all. People say, oh, oh gosh, dysfunctional Washington, you can't do big things. Well, now. Under Barack Obama, in the current polarized atmosphere, he passed health care reform that essentially advanced the nationalization of 18% of the American economy. That's big, and it got done. So, unfortunately, they go into the whole Obamacare thing after that, but it was really an eye-opener. And pe well, people who don't understand where, what America's roots are, is, as he said, we were born free, as free as the wind blows. Can somebody get that for me? I need that for the clip show. And um, it is absolutely true. Our Constitution was created to block the government. Yeah, to stop, because the, they came from a, a tradition. And by the way, this is still going on. Those governments, the Cameron government, there's, a, there's your classic new government, you know, the constitutional monarchy. Yeah, let's bring it, out the military. Let's, let's shoot people. 
let's shoot him and let's you know turn off their tweeters the put cameras on every corner yeah and this is and they're more nimble oh we need nimble we don't need nimble we don't we need i agree 100 percent with what he said now there's an interesting little side note which i have a, a this good lecture on party politics which is a historian talking on c-span who wraps up the fact that we have a divisive Congress right now with the Republicans on one side and Democrats on the other, and he kind of summarizes it, I thought, one of the best concise ways, this is like a two-minute clip, that I think was very educational, and I think it fits in on top of the other one, and the question is, will this resolve itself? And and what's happened is that the government has been slightly corrupted, I believe, by gerrymandering, which he explains in here, but play this good lecture on party, party, uh, party politics. I think it kind of brings this even closer to uh, uh, something meaningful. That Obama faces a challenge that Lyndon Johnson did not face, that Franklin Roosevelt didn't really have to deal with. And that is, we have gone beyond the days when bipartisanship was at all possible. In the 1960s, until the 1960s, both political parties included both liberals and conservatives. So it was possible, for example, for civil rights legislation, for other legislation in the 1960s, to find a coalition that included people from both parties because the Democratic Party had all those Democratic Southern conservatives, but it also had liberal Democrats, big city Democrats. The the Republican Party had Northeastern liberals and it had Midwestern conservatives. But with the passage of civil rights, more precisely, when Lyndon Johnson nailed the the flag of the Democratic Party to civil rights reform, he gave those Southern conservatives permission to leave the Democratic Party. And they did, with the result that they all became Republicans. Hmm. And the South became the center of gravity of the Republican Party. We've achieved a point now where if you are a conservative in this country, you are a Republican. If you are a liberal in this country, you are a Democrat. And there's effectively no overlap, with the result that the parties sift themselves out. Add to this the perfection, if you want to use that term, of gerrymandering with computers, so that nearly every seat in the House of Representatives is safe for incumbents. So Republicans in Congress do not have to worry about a challenge from the left. They're all looking over their right shoulder, and Democrats are looking over their left shoulder. So the days when you could reach across the aisle to form some kind of consensus, they're gone, at least for the time being. Some of the states are appointing independent commissions to draw congressional districts, and that will dilute the power of party to some extent. But for now, we're stuck in this age where you, know, you can't expect the other party to go along with you. We've got to get our guns. So what he's saying, which is, by the way... If you think about these people who want to change the Constitution, would not change this phenomenon by any means. No. What has crept into the party politic is the fact that, like, for example, we'll have a Republican uh, uh, congressman around here, and his district is part of this town, a chunk of that town, all these little Republican areas, and they create these phony districts. They're not, they're not like a town. It's like a, a strip of land plus a gob of town and then another town over. It's not even continuous anymore or contiguous. It's just yeah, so these lines go all crooked like the they're Mississippi all over the river. Just so they yeah. can keep the guy. In, and that's why the guy says, like, now the only reason that anything's changing is because the Republicans have to worry about, you know, it's a Tea Party guy coming in and taking their job because they say, you're not conservative enough. enough. They don't right. have to worry about some Democrat taking their job. Right. And and this created and the changing the Constitution is not going to change this. What's going to change it is is to create 
you know, real congressional districts that represent a town or an area rather than, you know, just a bunch of Republicans that happen to be in a bunch in a string of of development zones all on fiber optic channels. I mean, this is this whole thing has been bull crap together. Nobody's complained about it. It's gotten worse by the day. Well, apparently that's the, go- the problem, not the, go- the Constitution. Agreed. And apparently this redistricting redistricting is of no use anyway. Because everyone is going to run away from the East Coast to West Virginia. I have proof that it's going to happen. There's a drill on the 17th of August for exactly this reason. And they're testing out the radios just to make sure they're ready for the drill. The Department of Homeland Security wants West Virginia to be prepared for a mass migration. But between our roads and our more rural areas, the authorities here aren't sure it can be done. Stacy Jacobson visited with them while they tested it out today. How'd they do, Stacy? Well, officials say the test went pretty well, Albert, with just some minor setbacks. But that's exactly why they did the test to prepare for the real exercise. Citizens of West Virginia are really resilient as far as people are to the best when things are at the worst. But in the event of a massive emergency that forces a large number of people to head to West Virginia, that resilience might not be enough. And that's why nine counties in the region want to ensure that their communication systems are ready. Tuesday, they tested them out. So uh, there's an actual drill taking place on the 17th for this reason, that they, the Department of Homeland Security is preparing West Virginia for a mass migration. What, what? 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 Why are people going to head to West Virginia? Do they have better? Does the bar? They change it to barbecue theory, or what's the deal? I don't know. And why West Virginia? Isn't that kind of mountainous? They're expecting. Yeah, they're expecting all of the lone wolves to go hit uh, the mountains of West Virginia. I don't know. But why are they having the drill? I don't know. You're the one that follows these drills. And it's funny, because if you watch this clip, it's a local uh, West Virginia, I think it's made at Clarksburg Station. Uh, he's got the, these guys, like, you know, with, like, the, the, the flower pot haircut, sitting there, big blob of a guy, going like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, the radios don't work too good. And they're holding, like, walkie-talkies with stickers on them and stuff, you know. <laughs> we might have to use ham radios. <laughs> might, not, might not all well, work. Yeah, not nice too to sure. promote the hams. Not too sure. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I forgot to do my whole rap about uh, Syria. About why Syria is a, is a red herring. Oh, yeah, you never, yeah, you know, you started and then you kind of, did, you got sidetracked and next thing you know, we didn't hear it. Well, it, Why is Syria a red herring? Well, just, nothing to see here, Clip. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, okay. uh, Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I realize that clip was so underused recently. Yeah, we got to bring it back. Yeah, you're right. Because the kids aren't singing it. If you look at the Facebook page, and I forgot to clip it. Crike. Um, there's a kid, maybe three years old, on video, singing all of our jingles. It's outrageous. I'll have it for Sunday. I forgot okay. to get it. Um, so one of our military experts who showed up at the Chicagoland meetup, he uh, has been doing drills for the past two years in Azerbaijan. And here's the drill. The drill is there is a natural disaster in Azerbaijan. Now, if you look at the map, Azerbaijan borders on Iran. Yeah. And they've been doing drills for a natural disaster, be it an earthquake, a flood, or both, which, of course, uh, is my favorite topic. 
and they expect to have a whole bunch of IDPs, which is in-displaced persons. And then at, at that moment, Iran would launch a so-called, air quotes, attack on uh, Azerbaijan, which would force NATO to then go and attack Iran. How's that for a theory? That's a pretty good and convoluted concept. So the idea is they turn on the earthquake machine, they screw up Azerbaijan. You can just wait for this to happen now. Has Azerbaijan ever had bad earthquakes or floods? Are they known for it? They're not known for a lot. <laughs> right. Except for that they're Iran's next door neighbors. <laughs> yeah, which is all you need. So the U.S. military has been training for this. Training for two years in Azerbaijan for a natural disaster such as an earthquake, a flood, or both. And then what would happen is you'd have all these people running around, no place to go. Iran then attacks, which would, be, of course, would be a fake attack just like the Russians fake attack Georgia, giving uh, NATO... Is Azerbaijan part of NATO? No. You sure? Yeah. Well, you don't, I don't know. But, of course, under the new uh, presidential uh, study directive... I'll look it up. Yeah. Well, there's a good idea for Consult you. the book of knowledge! Of course, under the new uh, atrocities panel that our president has ordered by presidential directive... We won't be able to sit by idly as Russia, uh, I mean, Iran attacks Azerbaijan, and that would be uh, our final path to Persia to go in and uh, and kick their ass. No. La- last two members are Albania and Croatia. Now, their neighbors are Georgia, aren't they? Isn't Georgia up there as well? Yeah. No, Georgia- Georgia's not in either. No, but Georgia. That's a big no, stink. That's what Russia doesn't want Georgia joining. No, they no, want no, but, to join. But, but, no, but Georgia is right next door to Azerbaijan. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to look at my maps. To and make sure. according to my source, check this out Azerbaijan has huge statues of Bill Clinton everywhere. Yeah. I, I, they love Bill Clinton. Just like Georgia has, you know, the, the George W. Bush airport and uh, Bush Highway. Right, Georgia loves Bill Clinton. No, Azerbaijan loves Bill I mean, Clinton. I'm sorry, Georgia loves uh, Bush. Bush and Azerbaijan, yeah. yeah. I didn't know about that. So I would okay, like... Okay, yeah, you're right, they're right, they're bumped up they're against They're right there, other. right? And we, yeah. know, we know that we had a false flag with Russia and Georgia. So maybe that was just a little test, and Azerbaijan is next. Well, something's up. Well, we'll follow it. Well, I, I would actually like it to be... Uh, I'd like it to be in the uh, in the book. Oh, you're going to put a prediction in. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't grab this URL. Here we go. Okay. So the prediction is that there will be some. So be some hot action. Well, the prediction is earth earthquake machine. Right. Hello. Well, Ken, okay, I'm writing. Yeah, the prediction. <laughs> you it's writing all more? handwritten, the book. <laughs> You're writing By the more? way, I'm going to take this book when we're done. And it's almost about halfway done. And, and make uh, photocopies and then sell them. <laughs> You're writing it longhand. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> with a Sharpie or with a number two pencil? With a, uh, with a pen I picked up at a trade show. <laughs> I have the, and then uh, I highlight it if it's a prediction so I can right. find them faster. So the prediction is we'll have an earthquake machine... Uh, event, and then Iran will uh, create an attack on Azerbaijan, which then will prompt us under our uh, Anti-Atrocities Act, which is forthcoming, to go in and attack Iran. 
Well, I think you've got, I think you, these are actually three predictions, unless you want to, you, you're combining them into no, one. No, call them the three. I, I think first we call natural disaster, then we call attack, then we call countermeasures. Yeah. Okay. I think I have the kids' jingles here. Thanks. Uh, I'm not sure who did that. Here we go. Morning. And morning. Ding. Ding. Hot pockets. All aboard. All aboard. Frank on. Play the bad. Woo. Adios. Adios, mofos. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. How cute is it to teach your kid to say adios, mofos? <laughs> I can just see this kid in kindergarten. Yeah. What? <laughs> now, now, tie your shoelaces. Adios, mofos! I got to clip that one. That one's just got to be its own little clip. Here. <laughs> adios. Adios, mofos! <laughs> yeah, you gotta, that should be a regular. <laughs> That's got to be a regular clip. Um... <laughs> uh, so uh, we don't have a. We actually, we were a little short uh, on this show, but let's r- r- roll out who we've got. Edward Gehring, or Goering, uh in Overland, Missouri. Uh, Goering. Gur- he's uh, he's has the same last name as one of the no, best. Gur- uh, Goering, I think, has an H in his name. This guy doesn't. Uh, oh, okay. I need some karma work. Uh, has been sucking extra lately, and I need a better job. Okay. Tell Black Cat hi for me. You've got karma. You got this anonymous here? That's a $111.11. Yeah, we have an anonymous from NEP in the UK. Oh, he works for a division of the N.E.P. Uh, $110. Uh, Peter Boykelman. 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 Netherlands, hundred dollars. Jeremy Hopkins. He, how many? He made it sound like he gave ten donations. <laughs> Jeremy ten Hopkins in Regina rhymes with Saskatchewan, seventy-five dollars. Timothy Nussey. Nussey. I was. I would say Nussey. Is Nussey? I think it's Nussey. Yeah. I think it's Nussey. Yeah, I don't think so. Whitby, Ontario, sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. Matthew Perkins in Temple, Texas, Czech Republic, or one of the two. Hey. Uh, here's a in the morning from Gitmo Nation Pivo. Here's one thousand check crowns, which turns out to be fifty eight dollars and ninety five cents, to help with the hot pockets tour and any chance of some karma for his hot job. Pockets. Hunt. You've got karma. Double nickels on the dime for Matthew Wilbur in Ruther Glen, Virginia. Uh, first, it was great to see great to see Adam and Mickey at the meet up in Fredericksburg last month. I only wish John had been there, perhaps at the wrap up meeting in December or hey, in DC. How about I that? wanted to get myself a shout out for my birthday. He's going to get that. Also, some karma for his wife who is starting her new career as a nurse. You've got karma. Hey, how about that? How about he also that? Had, <laughs> he created a website called GitmoNationMoniker dot com, which will have all the Gitmo Nations. Uh, the correct names okay. for all the get donations out there. So, uh, how, how about you coming to the final meetup? I'm still looking into it. Andrew Johnson in San Francisco, California, fifty dollars. Like to put some karma on my new website about architecture, a plot of land dot com. You've got karma. And then fifty dollars each from David Middlebrook and Ellen Aberdenshire. 
UK, uh, George Scanlon, Carpentersville, Illinois, Matthew Carey, Sir Matthew Carey, sorry, Eastwood, South Australia, Sir Tristan Lennon, Wagga Wagga Wagga, uh, New South Wales, and uh, Tristan Wilson Kerrigan, which is interesting to me, Padbury, Western Australia. Thanks, everybody, for helping us out on this particular show. Uh, we need uh, more of the same for uh, upcoming Sunday episode. And uh, go to your email boxes. We have a note in there for you to read. And I've got a couple of uh, thanks to some Hot Pockets producers. I just uh, got it. They, some of them are really creative. They make some uh, really some, some beautiful cards and letters and... I got uh, a number of uh, books and T-shirts. I got a T-shirt with uh, uh, Rick Perry, Adios Mofos T-shirt. Uh, but first, I want to thank uh, Larry Losoff. He gave us $110 plus 75 euros, which I think brings... The, he should be a knight with that. <laughs> uh, Sir Sean Connolly, $333. Uh, he joins the, 30, the 333 Club. Adam and Mickey, thanks for all the great work. You are not only entertaining... You make a difference, Sir Sean Connolly. Notice he didn't put John on there, but of course, if you don't show up, that's what you get. Uh, Stephen Fuchs gave us uh, $50 with a letter here. Could I get some karma for my new website, germanpulse.com? So we'll give you that there, Stephen Fuchs. You've got karma. And could you possibly call out my co-worker, Rich, for listening and not donating to the show? Absolutely. Vaginal irrigation sack you. Um, then we want to thank uh, our hosts here in uh, Ohio, uh, Brian and Susie Morris, uh, $250, which they really didn't have to get. They left a note on the table after they left. You know, we're not expecting anything from someone who gives us their house, their car, their cats, the whole deal. Adam and Mickey, thanks so much for stopping by and house-sitting while we're gone. A pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for a great show each week. Keep us entertained on the way to all our weddings. They have a wedding video production company. Hope this helps with some gas on the tour. That sounds very sweet. And they also gave, gave us like uh, some maple syrup straight from their own trees here, which is awesome. Right from the tree. Nothing added. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, How much maple syrup did they give you? A jar. Oh. They, they had 50 gallons this year. Well, I would give me their address. I need a gallon of maple syrup. Yeah, we'll get you a gallon. No, we'll get you a jar. No, you know you, you don't come on the Hot Pockets tour. Who uh, knows if there's maple syrup? You, <laughs> if there was maple syrup, you'd be there. I'll tell you what. I'll bring maple syrup to the meetup in D.C. Yeah. Um, so again, their uh, websites. Uh, Susie is fantastic with all the gardening and the cooking. Shiotsrun.com, C-H-I-O-T-S-R-U-N. And their uh, video production company, secondmileproductions.com. 2ndmileproduction.com productions.com and reminder that uh, we are house sitting until tomorrow and then they have house sitters here So and there's guns so don't show up mofos <laughs> uh, Jesse Cruz uh, $100 from Jesse I think he had did he have a note here yes uh, well here's a note from Larry uh, Adam John great show finally got a chance to donate don't like PayPal cash is king hope this helps out uh, oh $111 I was born in 58 Turned 53 this year. Hope that the 75 euro is enough for a little karma. Oh, I must give him some karma then. There we go. I think I've got... You've got karma. I'm glad Miss Mickey is doing all the uh, administration. I'm pretty lost. Uh, uh, Coffee Grinds. You know Coffee Grinds. He tweets a lot. He's uh, um, 
at Coffee Grinds on, on the tweeters. He gave me a t-shirt with a formula on it, and I couldn't, and I was like, what is this? It is the formula the quants use to um, uh, value the mortgage-backed securities. <laughs> He says he walked around. I, I think he's a, a trader or he works in the exchange or something. He's a quant. He, you know the quants, those crazy mathematicians? Oh, yeah, no, I actually gave a speech to the quants once. Uh, they all are Chicago. I mean, that's where it started. Right. right. And they do quantitative uh, analysis. analysis of the market. They're a completely new form of uh, economist. The newest and most modern. And I went up and, besides giving my talk on computers, I, I sat through a bunch of the talks by some of these people, and it's fascinating. Some of these people, and but it's all very mathematical. It's very, but it's quite interesting. They had, they're still underappreciated. So the the T-shirt, and I'll, I'll and it's I'm happy by the way because I only have these uh, one gray T-shirt on the road. Uh, the T-shirt has the formula P equals omega, and then in parens A comma B comma Y, and uh, then it's an at option monster, uh, and that is the actual formula that tanked the economy. So uh, he says he walked around at the, the uh, Chicago Exchange for a day. No one even noticed it. That's typical. <laughs> Tony and Kate Marengo gave me the uh, Rick Perry Adios Mofo t-shirt. Thank you so much. Love that. Sean Pyle gave me three Ron Paul books. Uh, what did he give me here? Uh, I gave you something to read while driving. Yeah. He gave me uh, End the Fed. He gave me The Revolution. And he gave me Liberty Defined. Really appreciate that. Now I have one orphan book. I'm, I and you know, if you're going to give me a book, please write your name in it or something so I know who it came from. So I feel bad. I don't know who gave me this. Everything I want to do is illegal. Is the title of this book? War stories from the local food front. Uh, and it's pretty cool. You see a little farmer there and a USDA tank rolling up, pointing weapons at him. <laughs> That's right. That's where it's going, mofo's. And. Uh, then, uh, of course, uh, Sean and Missy, uh, who Sean took us out shooting, and, uh, and Missy uh, made us a, a great dinner, and we hung out and watched some C-SPAN, although, unfortunately, C-SPAN is now all, all on the repeats, because uh, everyone's on vacation. Well, they get like six weeks vacation, seven weeks vacation, something like that. Yeah. Douchebags. So, like, we, what we didn't uh, mention... Uh, the the beginning of the show is uh, this program really only works with your help, and we are not fake, such as Top Gear. Did you hear about this? Uh, the no, top- was Top Gear was busted. Yeah, they were busted. So they're always harping on the battery cars, which of course is cool because you know we think they suck too. Uh, but they had the Nissan Leaf, and they were uh, and the way they set it up is they they were going to do a race, a distance race. And the leaf ran out of juice, and of course, you had like people pushing the car across the finish line. You know, ha ha. Yeah, they did the same thing with the uh, Tesla. They ran yeah. out of juice. Yeah, Tesla, I think, actually sued them for that. But uh, in the video, you see that they uh, that the battery uh, level was a forty percent down before they started the race. So this turns into a you know Nissan Leaf is like oh very funny, but you know you screwed us, making it look like uh, our electric car is a piece of crap. And Jeremy Clarkson, when confronted with the facts, said, yeah, I knew it, but hey, this is how television works. That's your show that you all love so much, because it's so awesome, and it's so fair, and it's so right on. Adios, mofo. So I 
we'll play the uh, mind-controlling jingle in a moment, Dvorak.org slash NA. Please help us out. We need it desperately. Birthdays today, Sir Pete Snakes. He celebrates and he's congratulating himself. And Matthew Wilbur uh, congratulates himself as his birthday is tomorrow on the 12th. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show, everybody. Now open your mind. Dvorak.org slash NA. Please, help a brother out. Become part of the show. Go to yeah. noagendashow.com, dvorak.org slash na, channeldvorak.com slash na, or no agenda nation, where you can also pick up a coin while you're there. Yeah, the new 333 coin. And, uh, and please help us out, particularly during the summer months when uh, lots of people are on vacation. Uh, I can see the, uh, the listening numbers are down. Uh, it's, it's normal. Uh, but that's when we actually need the help because it's not like my rent went down. Did yours go down, John? You don't have rent. Do you own that house? Do you have a mortgage? Yeah, we pay a monthly fee. It goes up and down and flops around. It's terrible. Your mortgage fee? Yeah, just because it's about a, everybody's got variable interest, so it goes up and down. actually, it's pretty low. But what do you pay? Like five, five, five percent? Oh no, no, I, don't, I have no idea. Wait, so if interest rates all of a sudden should skyrocket, which is unlikely, but if it happened, then you'd be screwed? Probably. Cool. All right. I mean, cool. <laughs> I mean, cool. <laughs> cool. Hey, hey, pull out your blade, old man. Come on. Hey, you, you have go. a black knife. You got that down on there? I sure do. Janice right. Kang, please step forward. David Lee, step forward. And Benjamin Caudill, extend your fingers, everybody. As we are very proud of your support of the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the world, and hereby knight thee as Sir Benjamin Caudill, Sir David Lee, and Black Dame Janice Kang. Welcome to the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy your booze and hot pants. Hot pants? <laughs> it's my new one, booze and hot pants. Hot pockets. I thought, I, you know, I thought uh, Hookers and Blow was old. I think we should go to Booze and Hot Pants. All right, it's fine with me. Right, hot cool Pants should be coming, making a comeback. <clears throat> it's time, right? Yeah, it's time. cycles are upon us. So, uh, big controversy. Big controversy, everybody. Let's all get pissed off. Let's all get angry. What are we angry about? Well, something that we pointed out on a previous episode of No Agenda, that uh, the makers of the Hurt Locker... The award-winning movie, which if you yeah. ask any military man who has been in Iraq or Afghanistan, will say, uh, yeah, okay, you're glamorizing a piece of crap sandbox where we don't know what we're doing, and it sucked. In general, most military personnel don't like that movie. And uh, so now we've got uh, them doing The Killing of Osama Bin Laden. Fuck out of here. What? Hello? Nothing. Go on. Well, we're, 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 did you, what, did you just walk off? You had something else to do? No, the dog was coming over here to whine and moan. Shut and the I dog. just told JC to get him out of here, or her. <laughs> get rid of that dog. No, it's just going to... So, uh, who was it? Uh, well, there's, the people are bent out of shape about this. And, of course, CNN has this reporter, this uh, older woman... Uh, who's in the Pentagon. I guess she has like an office with a green screen. I'm not quite sure how it works, but she's reporting from the Pentagon. She's got like pretty colors behind her. 
And uh, she she talks about this so-called controversy, and it was even brought up in uh, in uh, Spokeshole Carney's uh, the question time, as uh, it's Representative Peter King, who was all bent out of shape about this. Now, Peter King is on the uh, the Intelligence and Security uh, Committee. Squirrel! And he doesn't want anyone talking about uh, Osama bin Laden at all from the government, about how this went down, mainly because he's pissed off, probably because he doesn't know anything about it. And now they're making this movie out of it. And, uh, right, and the movie's going to come out just before Obama's election. election. Right. 2012, it's the new October surprise. Well, what we know is officials are telling us that Catherine Bigelow, the award-winning director of that movie, The Hurt Locker, about the war in Iraq, has spoken with administration officials about... Is that a woman or a man? That's a woman. Okay. ...new project to make a movie about the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. She, by all accounts, has had some meetings, has talked to people about it. What we are told here at the Pentagon is her project is still... We're talking Hollywood in the development phase. She doesn't have a script yet. She doesn't have specifics yet. You sure that that sounds like a transsexual, that person? Uh, When you see her, it's possible. It's possible. I said, you know, well, yeah, it's possible. Not that it matters, but I'm just saying. No, but I think she should wear a badge. Developing the pro- the project, possibly developing the script to go ahead and make the movie. Uh, not unusual. There is right down the hall from where we broadcast here in the Pentagon, uh-huh. maybe 20 steps away, is a Hollywood liaison office, which uh, works with filmmakers, with television networks that want to make programs or movies about the U.S. military, works with them to give them advice and thoughts, and if they want to pay for it, hmm. possibly with approval, even giving them some military equipment they have to reimburse for that very long-standing tight relationship between hollywood and the and and the u.s military yeah no kidding hey maybe we can get some uh, equipment john we have to we have to reimburse for it but maybe we could get some like guns stuff yeah, yeah. That's some cool stuff we can, uh, hey we're uh, hi uh, it's adam curry and john c devork we're from hollywood and we're here for our share we need a tank <laughs> So this all kind of comes in at the same time. So we've had uh, uh, all of this glorification of the killing of Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Uh, by the way, there's a very interesting YouTube video, um, which, uh, uh, well, here's the audio from it. I have operation so obviously uh, I can't understand what the guy is saying but the trans <laughs> that's why I play because I'd like people to go and take a look and see if you can see what he's really saying because according to the chicken down the street is really tasty well actually I'm gonna I'm gonna get it for you the translation is pretty crazy hold on uh, it's a guy from Pakistan oh, why am I not finding this here it is his name is Mr. Bashir uh, his home is in front of Osama's house. He says, we watched the whole operation from the roof of the house, and he rushed to the uh, and only, uh, here it is, and that of three, only one helicopter landed after 10 to 20 minutes, and they tried to lift up. It crashed, and the two other helicopters flew away. He rushed to the house, saw dead bodies of 10 or more people. Within, tw- within 20 minutes, the Pakistani army came, he says that he is 100% sure they did not take Osama bin Laden if he was because the helicopter crashed, nothing else lifted off. 
So I, I'd like people to... This from a Pakistani news uh, report. So I'd love people to go and check that out. So there's a lot of weirdness going around this. Then we had that uh, Nicholas Schmidl. There's actually going to be a PDF in the show notes at 329er.nashownotes.com. Um, our producer, Robert Leather, is working on finding out where Nicholas Schmidl's, you know, what his real background is. And it's, uh, you know, went to all these schools, American University, uh, yet he doesn't show up in the alumni list, etc. So there's a lot of Hollywood trickery going on around this whole Osama bin Laden thing. And uh, the latest one is now we had uh, we had the, uh, the, the apparently the Team Six Navy SEALs crash, right? And this was supposed to be the exact same guys who did this Osama bin Laden raid. Then we had a second crash with a Chinook, thirty three killed on board of that, and then all of a sudden we get the report saying, "Hey, you know those guys who killed our guys? We killed those guys." <laughs> And then this. Well, Wolf, what we have learned today is those Navy SEALs were not on a rescue mission as we were first led to believe. The 22 Navy SEAL commandos killed when their helicopter was shot down by the Taliban weren't on one of their usual secret assault missions. Military sources confirmed the SEALs were called in to chase down a group of Taliban on the run. Army rangers already on the ground were looking for a Taliban leader when some insurgents started to escape. The rangers didn't need rescuing. They just called for backup. That's contrary to what some military sources said just after the crash when they suggested the SEALs were helping pin down troops. It's all raising questions why so many SEALs were on a single vulnerable helicopter. Okay, so there's so now it's not 33, it's 22. I'm going to assert that all of this is a lie. Because it always happens when, when, when they're lying about it. I'm not giving you credit for this. Hold on, this is not what this is not the story. The, all, all I'm right. saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you what really happened, and what happened. These Chinooks were not shot down; they were obliterated. Here's what happened: these these seals and uh, and uh, military and special specialists were sent in because they discovered a Vimyana in this area. Now, Vimyana, if you don't know what it is... How do you spell it? V-I-M-A with a squiggly line, N-A. Vimyana. You can consult the Book of Knowledge. It's also known as a time well. A what? Time well. If you look at the Sanskrit uh, drawings, it is that uh, kind of pointed space look, space, uh, spaceship-looking craft with, uh, with one a single occupant on board. So they found one of So they found one of these. <laughs> Stop it. They found one of these and they tried to take it away. It was in a uh, in a mountain. And it zapped them. It has this perpetual power source and that in combination with the solar activity we've had recently, it actually completely zapped the first Chinook and the second one is they tried to take this thing away from where, where it's been kept for like 5,000 years. Vimyana. Yeah, okay. I'm telling uh, Vin- you. Uh, is it V-I-M or V-I-N? Victor, India, Mike, A with a squiggly line, November, Alpha. Vimyana. Okay. And this is, this is what's going on. 
So that's why there's all these lies about, and and no one has the full story. Well, it was shot down. It was no, it didn't. It crashed. Uh, well, it was one guy with an RPG. Uh, no, it was then and then a second one. So you're asserting that we're in Afghanistan because there's a time well that we can use as a as a wormhole to get more fishes into the ocean or something something like that. No, I'm not asserting that. I'm saying that it, conveniently, that's one of the things we were going to Where go get. Where did you get this one? From Russia. <laughs> from Russia. From the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service. I have a direct line to them. I think it's entertaining. It's a possibility. I mean, anything's uh, possible. I don't think it's well. Actually, what I am think I it's a lot about? more feasible. Yeah, I think it's a lot more feasible. <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah, thank you. Could somebody please send me that clip? I want it for my clip show. Yeah. Vimiana. Yeah, be on the lookout for it. And so, why were the Navy SEALs all in the same chopper? Because, because were they Vim- Vimiana specialists? They had specialists on board. What's well, a specialist mission? To go are and they get the this same thing. seals that are going after that that thing down in this in that ocean hole that you keep talking about? No, 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 they, uh, no, no, no. Because no. it would make sense the seals because they would be underwater, and so you need these underwater guys would be the experts. You know, mock me all you want. I mean, would you think this is crazy when I told you that today? Launching today from, uh, it was actually postponed. It was supposed to launch yesterday. Did you hear about this thing? Yeah, Vandenberg sending up that crazy little device again. I was supposed the to Falcon. be getting it. It's the Falcon. It's going to do New York to, or it, it, it can do New York to LA in 12 minutes. They're launching it off the back of a Minotaur rocket. It'll separate, and uh, it'll then take 12 minutes to fly from New York to Los Angeles. They're launching it off of... They're, yeah, right. They're launching it off the back of a Minotaur. It's going to be launched off of Vandenberg, which should have been launched between 7 and 1 today. I have not heard anything. I, I, have, a, I have a guy that's there who's going to text me as soon as it gets <laughs> shot up. But I don't think it's going to shoot over to the Bay Area. I've been looking out the window. No, that thing, it's going to go way up. You won't, see, you won't see it actually separate, I don't think. It makes it. His Minotaur is a it's a ballistic missile, solid fuel rocket. It's so smoky. There's no way you won't see it. Well, it's you'll a smoky you'll, no, you'll, Joe. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll see the rocket. Yeah, that's all I'm going to talk about. I just want to see the rocket. I'm not going to see the the little device. I'd love to see that thing separate and fly, man. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Hey, your your mic is sounding kind of weird. <clears throat> really? Yeah, it's got that like like your cable modems interfering with it again. Oh well, I, is that possible? Move this around. Move the keyboard. Could be the keyboard. Good news, everybody. Uh, while John is doing that, I want you to uh, right after the show go to three t- three. T- oh, it has been launched already. Hey, did you get your text message? <laughs> you know, I left the phone downstairs. <laughs> I I missed my text message. But the thing is, I would have. It's been launched already. I should be seeing it if it's going this way. I guess it's not. There's good news. I want you to go uh, right after this program airs, or if you're hearing it on the podcast, go to three two nine dot dot com for your free thirty day trial of Abilify. Link right there in the show notes. If you're an adult who has been taking an antidepressant for six weeks or more and still feel depressed, ask your doctor of adding Abilify. So your antidepressant may be an option for you. You can get a 30-day free trial plus continued savings. 
What do you? This sounds like a commercial. Yeah, Abilify.com. It is a commercial. I want to make sure everyone gets their free Abilify. Yeah, give it to your animals. <laughs> I don't have any uh, animals. It's crazy. They're giving it away now. They shouldn't be doing that. It should be illegal. Yeah, speaking of which, the uh, I guess there's a lawsuit pending now about the uh, fluoridation of the Southern California water. 12 minutes? Oh. No, no, no. They lost contact. Oh, they lost contact. That's interesting. Ooh. They, they lost- just got word on the rocket. They lost contact in 12 minutes. Of the whole rocket or of the separated... Who's flying? Is this thing fly, is this flying like a know. drone? Oh, it's, it's very vague. Hey, listen. If this thing crashes, you know what to do. Go over... To, to West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> get, get, get yourself uh, some of that stuff off of that thing. Stomp on any transmitters. Right, John? Tell us how to do it. Uh... What, I, I forgot what was my... You just find things and stomp on them? What did I say? <laughs> if one of these things crashes, like the blimp. The oh, blimp- yeah, the first thing... Oh, right. If one of these things crashes in your backyard, you got to go run to it, find the, the transmitter, which you have a little antenna on, and stomp it so that people can't find it, and then scrounge the parts and sell them on eBay. There you go. Yeah, there's... Uh, there's some, I, I'm seeing if I can find it here. I guess I can't find it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here's the story, by the way. A test flight of an unmanned aircraft that can travel at 20 times the speed of sound launched successfully Thursday morning from the U.S. Air Force Base in California, but lost contact with ground crews shortly into the flight. Oh, so so it actually did separate, and now this thing is flying at 20 times the speed of light, and they can't see it? They can't talk to it? Speed of sound, yeah. Yeah, nice. 36 minutes after launch, the Falcon HTV-2 lost contact. Yeah, right. Yeah. This thing is up on the moon base already. It's docking. They're having a beer. They're having a beer. Here it is. Metropolitan Water District of Southern California sued for illegal use of an unapproved drug to fulfill the fluoridation program. Oh, yeah. This part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. So they, they, not only are they fluoridating your water, but they're doing it with an unapproved drug. (laughs) No wonder I feel so good being out of town for so so long. Yeah, well, you're getting that, that L.A. water. Let me see what uh, what the drug is called. Oh, by the way, I met the guy who sent you the Merck book, too. He was at the Chicagoland uh, meeting. Oh, was, yeah. cool. I did. I said I thanked him for invaluable information. Hydro, hydrofluosilicic acid. You want to look it up? Hydrofluorosilicic no. acid. Hydrofluorosilicic acid. Silicic. Silicilic? Not salicylic? No. Uh, it, here's, the, here's the spelling. Uh, Hotel Yankee, Delta, Romeo, Oscar, Foxtrot, Lima, Uniform, Oscar, Sierra, India, Lima, India, Charlie, India, Charlie. Well, I, I, I lost track with this with, after this. this the, <laughs> and you call many yourself Indians, a ham. Many Charlies. You call yourself a I, ham. I use my own code. Hydro. You got hydro. I got that. Get the fluoro. I got F L U O S I L I C I C. An unsustainable fluorosilicic. Silicic. Silicic. And the definition I have is an unstable, poisonous, corrosive acid. (laughs) (laughs) It's watered down. That's funny. 
<laughs> he usually doesn't act this way when I give him the Folgers crystals. The best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. Thanks, Southern California. I'm going to look it up on Merck and see what it says. Doesn't sound good to me. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, my goodness. I, well, speaking of groovy things for you, I found a uh, very interesting uh, video uh, that that harshly criticizes Michelle Obama, our first lady, her Let's Move campaign, as it's actually making fat kids targets. Now, you considered this? Say, do it. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I'm not getting it. Keep explaining. Well, instead of me explaining, why don't we listen to the woman who uh, can explain it for us? Then along came the well-intentioned but somewhat misdirected Let's Move campaign, led by our own First Lady Michelle Obama. What I mean by misdirected is that rather than educating and encouraging our nation to create healthy practices for all children, focusing on the health of all our children, children of higher body weight have been singled out and the focus of the campaign is on weight reduction and not on improving children's health. Well, how are they marginalized? Studies indicate that children of higher body weight are 65% more likely to be bullied than children of lower body weight. When our First Lady said that we have to wipe out childhood obesity in one generation, she essentially gave permission to everyone to condemn the children with higher body weights. <laughs> that's, that's a new name for it. I'm not fat. I have a higher body weight. I like it. How this translates in real life is that these children experience more ridicule, more teasing, more bullying, and the perpetrators feel justified in their actions because, after all, the First Lady said these kids have to go. <laughs> when children of higher body weight hear we have to wipe out childhood obesity in one generation, for them, those words translate to we have to eliminate obese children. We must eliminate the obese. And you know what? I bet that's her intention. Yeah, that is. That's the message. Hey, <laughs> you know, this is so obvious. I'm telling you, this is this kill is kill the fat. This is this is not a, eat the fat. This is this <laughs> eat the children of higher body weight dot com. This is not a mistake. This was meant this way. They hear. Your body is bad. Eh. They hear thin equals good, fat equals bad. Bad. They hear your body is bad. Bad. You're fat. <laughs> I believe that it was not the intention of the First Lady to cause more pain and suffering uh -huh. for these children. Yeah. Sure. But I also believe <laughs> that this is one of the consequences of focusing on reducing body size as opposed to improving health. Other consequences yeah. include poor body image, body dissatisfaction, low self-esteem, bullying, disordered eating, okay. depression, right. lower expectations for future success, mm -hmm. and sometimes even suicide. Uh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so let's I'll, do something more interesting. I know. What do you mean? The the, the more interesting than the first lady trying to have fat kids be killed? 
<laughs> Come on, that's interesting. I got another ridiculous story then. All right. The ridiculous area. Tell me if you've heard this fifth Area 51 story ever in your life. It's, uh, now, by the way. This is a clip of a woman, Ann Jacobson, who wrote a book called Area 51. I've read the book. I'll, let, me, let me tell you what it okay, is. Okay, okay. So no. Without listening to the clip, and yes, I buy into it, Area 51 was actually about Nazi aircraft that looked like flying saucers, and uh, it was so one of these crashed, and the whole meme was so successful about it being an alien flying saucer that our U.S. government propagated that meme even though at the end of the day it was about uh, a, uh some kind of weird nazi aircraft not really oh. uh i mean there wasn't weird nazi aircraft involved but the, but the real backstory she's and the funny thing is she tells this in the clip that she brings this crazy thing up at the very end of the book but this is a woman uh who uh i, I want to preface this as i had this is about a 10 minute clip that I had to cut to death because this woman is the worst, most, most verbose blowhard, blah, 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 blah. I had to cut, cut, cut to get to the, to the core of this. But, but this, this will summarize it, I think, a little better than you just did. Okay, but that's not why Area 51 is still classified. No. So why keep this base secret? And I lean into my reader and I say, here's why I think the base is secret. And this came to me from a source. And in the last seven pages, I tell you what that source said to me from one man's oral history. Um, the source was an engineer for EG&G. He was a member of the Manhattan Project. And the source told me that in 1951, he was one of five engineers that was asked to solve what is called a wicked engineering problem. And the source told me that he was one of the five people who received the equipment from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and that was originally what crashed in Roswell, and that it was a flying, circular-shaped aircraft. It was not from Mars. It was from Russia. And it was actually a, uh, originally a Third Reich design. And so this flying disc, according to the engineer from EG&G, was something that had crashed in New Mexico, and the intent was for it to be a hoax. That Stalin, and again, we're in 1947 here when we're talking about the Roswell crash. Uh, 1947, Stalin did not yet have an atomic weapon. Truman did. They were bitter rivals. And so Stalin made a move, fired a warning shot over Truman's bow, so to speak, to say, you may have the atomic bomb, but I have psychological warfare. And a la the War of the Worlds, he wanted to send this flying disc to land in New Mexico and have people come out that looked like aliens. And the EG&G engineer told me that the child-sized pilots inside were the result of ghastly human experiments in the Soviet Union. Right. So that's basically the story I told you, but only correctly. I've read this book, and, uh, you know, the Area 51 people hate this woman because, of course, they want to believe. I think she's right. And uh, you know who interviewed her? Uh, Molly Wood interviewed this woman. Uh, I think uh, the interview is still out there somewhere. And uh, by the way, in the morning to Mollywood. 
You don't think she listens to this show? I know she does. She's uh-huh. throwing in the mornings on Buzz Out Loud. She's she doing on her, yeah on her own CNN podcast. She, she may have heard it a couple she, times. She listens to the show. She's politically uh, uh, no uh, no no no. She's changed. She's completely changed. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh She's from Montana. No no no. She she was temporarily confused. And I, she also last time she stayed at the house she didn't bring the bamboo utensils either. <laughs> that Berkeley crap. Anyway, no, go no. on. No. Yeah. So uh, I think you, you believe you did well. I you believe know, there's a story. funny. I believe she, this. She, she goes on with another little assertion, and then this one here. Tell me if you've heard this one. She's this is the clip AEC experimenting on the retarded, and so I looked this up because I was thinking, wow, is that because I know we've done it, and I, I have a couple of 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 show note links that that have all the crazy government experiments that have been done on the public, unbeknownst to the public, and she mentions this thing uh, because she's trying to identify you know this crazy experiment supposedly that stalin did to make these midgets and um so she just i think it was actually a bom- it was actually a throwback to uh mangala is she actually drops this bomb here in this area 51b clip fact check and source is what the atomic energy commission did during its tenure and the reckless human experimentation that they did there's you know president clinton put together a commission in the 1990s after a reporter named eileen wellsom revealed that the atomic energy commission had been experimenting injecting retarded children with plutonium at a state school in <laughs> massachusetts and you know i see all the faces everyone's like oh god how horrible and people really don't want to hear about that and they they turn the other way and they say that's just horrible and kind of go on and you know i felt as a journalist that by i believe what my source told me and i believe that what he told me the reason that he told me what he told me was because it was a matter of conscience the other four engineers are dead and so it's just him he was very clear about that and so if a debate or a discussion ensues um, as to whether or not this kind of a program could go on, um, how long it went on for. I feel that's an important discussion, and it's why I chose to write about it in my book. Okay, here's the... Before you say anything, here's the problem I have with the thesis to begin with. She says that Stalin wanted to do a little psychological warfare with this hoax, and so they. And by the way, it doesn't make some sense because people that saw the original crash said there was weird writing on it, which could be Cyrillic. Anyway, the uh, by landing a flying saucer in New Mexico and have New Mexico and having these little green men walk out. New Mexico, really. I uh, I think that was an accident. I think the New Mexico thing that it crashed and then and then they wanted to that's when they came up with the idea for the hoax. I don't think it was set up with a hoax in mind at first. I th- the whole thing though I think is plausible. I like it. Uh I really like the uh injecting uh, retarded kids. That's cool. That was the the actual beginning of And that well, takes that takes me back to something you and I discussed right after uh, Sunday's show, because you know I I uh, follow all this MK Ultra stuff, and, and MK Ultra is uh, essentially uh, the government injecting people with all kinds of stuff and mind controlling them, and you have what is known as the presidential model, 
And we were talking about Willow Bay, who uh, used to work for CNN and got kicked off. Or she got replaced or whatever. And she is creepy, yet beautiful to look at. And and who's she married to now? Uh, the Disney guy, Iger? Yeah, yeah, the CEO of Disney, Iger. Right. And you look at her, and she is compl- she's, she's a presidential MK Ultra model. And so these, uh, these experiments, yeah, the government has even apologized for doing this. Clinton came out and apologized for that. We've been experimenting on our slaves forever. Yeah, and in fact, there's two links in the show notes that, that have lists of these experiments. I mean, I, you can just start reading this stuff off. You know, CIA beginning the study of LSD as a potential weapon in 1947. Uh, there were some drops of some various bacteria over San Francisco and New York. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of experiments. Here's one. Uh, the, some germs to see how the bacillus glow. Giggly or whatever it is over San Francisco. Apparently, San Francisco has been used a lot. Yeah. And uh, what does that well, tell you? Well, I all know they're all Democrats now. Wonder what happened? Uh, yeah, it's easy. Persist. Here it is. Chemtrails. CIA experiments with the possibility of poisoning drinking water by injecting chemicals into the water supply of the F of yeah, the like hexafluorosilicon of the FDA in Washington. Robert. Uh, stop, stop. This is a good one here. Listen to this one. Dr. Robert McMahon of the Department of Defense. And this is a document. Request from Congress $10 million to develop within five to ten years. Figure that out. Mm-hmm. A synthetic biological agent to which no natural immunity exists. Yeah, it's called AIDS. The vi- in 1975, the virus section of Fort Detrick Center for Biological Warfare Research is renamed Frederick Cancer Research Facilities and placed under the supervision of the National Cancer Institute. Here it is that a special virus cancer program is initiated by the U.S. Navy, purportedly developed cancer-causing viruses. It's here that vi- retrovirologists also isolate a virus to which no immunity exists, is later renamed HTLV. Anyway, it goes on and on. It's a very interesting reading. And the <laughs> funny thing was is that both the, uh, New York, the New York Times actually reported in the 80s, and I remember seeing this, and uh, th- that the Russians were absolutely convinced that Fort Detrick, or one of the Maryland research facilities, there was some, I can't remember the name of it, the Maryland research facilities, this one probably, uh, developed AIDS. It's just a known fact yeah. to them. And then, of course, they've had since then, and then this has, you know, never been proven. Nobody can prove anything, of course. Yeah, unless you and, want two to the head. It's not provable. And if anybody did prove it, they would get two to the head. There's no doubt about it. It's all suppositions. It's all interesting. And uh, But they have, I always like the way they reverse engineer trying to prove that AIDS actually existed in monkeys at the turn of the century. And they found a dead guy that, you know, they, they yeah. exhumed his body yeah. from 1903. And he had AIDS. You know, no one ever explained it then. But no, no explanation for why I saw of his son become so rampant okay, so so all right so basically we have uh, a couple of things here one hoaxes from governments i'm down with that two mk ultra slaves named will obey hello <laughs> that's just too obvious will obey and uh, we have a uh, government uh, what uh, putting uh, hexafluorosilicic acid into our water uh, we've got uh, chemtrails overhead, and we've got uh, the first lady trying to kill fat kids. Hello, and that uh, we just lost a missile this morning, or the little rocket. Science! Oh, that that that's going to be interesting. It's not a rocket; it's a it's a plane. 
Yeah, it's an airplane. And it's just flying around. Oh, we can't. I mean, it's like, what? Is anybody in the plane or is it remote control? Or it says it's unmanned, but. Nobody you know. know they, uh, we don't know that for sure. It's all all classified. So this thing could just be circling there around. There could be a guy in it as we speak. In a flying saucer. Well, it's it's not shaped like a flying saucer, but it's like some it's a riot. It's a it's a it's a, uh, it's a plane. Uh, it's a plane. It's hyper, a little, yeah, it's a, a hypersupersonic plane. Hypersupersonic airplane that can fly above the uh, atmosphere. I'm thinking one of the no agenda sysadmins has taken control of it. We know. Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, what we don't need. Hey, land that thing over here. I'll fly it. Yeah, and it, but maybe she, make sure you find the little wire in there first and bust it, kick it, yeah, stomp, it. stomp on the transmitter. I bet you the pieces in there are worth a lot of money. <laughs> All right, the No Agenda producer update is uh, coming up with uh, Miss Mickey, Gitmo Slave, Mister Oil, and Yellow Jacket. I think uh, everyone all uh, on board there. Thank you all so much for those of you coming out to the meetups. We'll see you at the uh, OEO meetup later on today, and we will be in. Uh, Philadelphia tomorrow, where another meetup is scheduled. Miss Mickey is not wearing any clothes. This is going to be great. Make sure you don't turn on the Skype camera. Coming to you from the birthplace of aviation, the great state of Ohio. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining and the everything's just great. I'm John C. Dvorak. Enjoy that water, John. We'll talk to you Yum. again on a Sunday right here on No Agenda. Best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. Dvorak.org slash N-A. I-